I'm going to send him the link. So if you guys want to kick things off right now. Yeah, let's go. All right, we're rolling. Fired up for today. I think today is going to be uh, an exciting, exciting podcast. And then it's just an exciting day. We got uh, the hybrid people coming in today. I just heard about that. That yeah. should be pretty damn awesome. Yeah, Steph and uh, Hayden. Like, that's going to be wild. Those, And Hayden's competing coming up. So he's... Uh, He's kind of going to be kind of chilling, mm-hmm. but I'm going to I'm going to try to do a bodybuilding workout with Steffi. I don't know how many nice. she's done. She looks like a bodybuilder. She looks jacked. She's she's, she's going to be able to handle a good amount of bodybuilding volume, if I'm not sure. a crazy amount. Yeah. She's going to kick your ass. She's going to oh yeah, oh, there's no doubt. Yeah, and uh, yeah, today we have Cole Robinson on. For those people that don't know, who've never heard the name before, he is a Canadian dude who uh, has a diet called Snake Diet. <laughs> and um, when I told when I asked him, you know what. I'm like the snake diet. I'm like, that's interesting. And he says that it kind of originally started out as a joke. He, he just called it snake diet because he just thought it was a ridiculous name. And uh, it's not to be like a snake oil salesman or anything like that. It's, it's not, he's not trying to like loop anybody into anything weird. The reason why he called it a snake uh, diet is that snakes are cold blooded animals and snakes are, um, they only have to eat like uh, once every several days. Yeah. Or sometimes even once a month. Mm-hmm. And so that's how he landed on the name. What's up, Cole? How you doing, buddy? Hey. How's it going, Mark? Uh, I want to give everybody a fair warning that this uh, episode in particular is extra rated R. Yes. <laughs> Cole loves to swear a lot. So here we go. What's going on, buddy? What's What are you doing today? Uh, do a little dry fast in a day, and then I'm going to go for a bike ride dry here, and then go do some dry fasted sauna action. and. Today's my cutting day. So I have like one day right now, right? Maintenance and train my ass off. And then the next day I just do a bunch of cardio and dry fast all day. And then I eat about five o'clock at night. You do a lot of fasting. And uh, in my conversations with you, you're uh, somebody that believes in keeping a, a tight uh, eating window. Let's talk about that for a minute. And, and um, you know, just, you know, how did you, how did you land on some of this stuff? So originally um, I was a fitness trainer once upon a time and I was training a lot of women and this one woman was the biggest fucking food addict you ever met. So I challenged her to a 24 hour fast. Right. And I didn't even know what fasting really was at that time. All I knew is I had some surgeries and they're like, Oh, don't eat before the surgeries. Like, I didn't know if it was healthy or not. I didn't give a shit. I just knew that she wasn't going to die from 24 hours. Right. So <laughs> that's kind of how it started. And then I went longer than her. So I did like two full nights without food and then that's when it started. And then I was, then I started essentially a meal a day. I felt like a million bucks after that first 48 hours because I, I forced myself into ketosis, which we get into later, but I didn't even know what ketosis was, but I just woke up that second morning after I went through some withdrawals and I felt amazing and I was a pig anyway. So I'm like, well, perfect. I'll just eat one massive meal a day. And then after a week or two of that i started pushing it i'm like what other scams have they not told us about with mm-hmm. regards to eating and then i started doing 48 hour fast and then i pushed myself through a 72 hour fast and then that one was actually on water and that's when i got taxed i was doing deadlifts in the gym on a 72 and i basically was ready to faint after every set and then one thing led to another and i got hooked and i figured out the salts Right. And I figured out intracellular, like electrolyte balance and all this stuff. And then that's when I started using the salts. And then I did eight days straight with no food and I felt like a million bucks. And that's kind of how it started. And it just got crazier and crazier. <laughs> you know, you just, one thing leads to another and then you start, you know, you start following 
trying to read some old Russian stuff too. Like these Russians have been doing this stuff for like a hundred years, but nobody can read the literature. <laughs> when I first saw the snake diet and I started looking at some of your stuff, I was like, oh, this is probably called the snake uh, diet because this guy has like the disposition of a text of a ra- of a rattlesnake, like Stone Cold Steve Austin, the way yeah. you're so <laughs> abrasive online all the time and shouting at people and yelling at people and saying, hey, fatty, and doing all this kind of stuff. When I showed some of your videos to some of my friends and family, they're like, this guy seems like a real asshole. <laughs> you know, what? why are you taking that stance? Why are you taking such a hard stance with people? Do you think that's what people need? They need a kick in the ass? Well, exactly. Well, you know, like, shit, I, like, how do they make uh, soldiers tough for the Army? What are they fucking, like, you know, what are they making? They don't use snowflake techniques. That's the fucking... <laughs> These guys are these guys got to go out and kill people for fuck's sakes. They need these guys to be like ready to die, basically, right? So I take that same stance because what happens if you just you know most fat people, uh, you, people try to like ease them into this kind of shit. It's like oh try it or whatever, but you know if you don't attack them on the stuff that scares the shit out of them, like you know just blatant appearance or or they might die because they can't you know, they might die and then they won't be able to like raise their kid properly or whatever. That's the stuff that triggers the shit out of them. Right. And usually the way it works is, you know, I have people that are like, Oh, I'm glad I met, like, I'm glad I ran into this guy. We need this kind of fucking tough love and all those kinds of things. But then I get the odd hater and they're like, this fucking prick, he's an asshole. He's going to kill somebody, blah, blah, blah. And then that same person though, like, a month later finds out that one of their friends is doing it. And then they come back to me they're like, fuck, I thought you were a fucking asshole. Now I love you and shit. I've lost like 10 pounds in a week. Yeah. I really noticed that you actually do care a lot about people. So at first the message is abrasive. And then I was like, well, there's person after person on here that actually has made a lot of progress. And they're talking about not just losing 20 pounds or losing 50 pounds, but they're talking about how this mentality and this mindset has really uh, change their life. And when they change their body, they were able to change their life. So that's what I was attracted to. I was like, Oh, there's a lot more to this guy than him just yelling at everybody. Yeah. Real well, quick. Well, there's, Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. I'm, I'm curious. Cause I want to, because we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff here and there's a lot of terminology and the types of fasts that you do. And I know you're right. going to get into right. it. Can you give us just a quick, quick primer on like dry fasting, soft fasting, all of that stuff. So, yeah. That- so basically what I promote is, either salt water fasting or dry fasting. So that word fasting gets used very loosely in the mainstream bullshit, like, you know, green juice fasting. And, you know, it's not fasting. You're taking in food. Essentially, you're eating all the goddamn day, right? Like if you're on a true fast, your insulin's going to be really low and you're going to be burning body fat like crazy and your body's going to have a chance to heal. But like these people are like, oh, I did a fucking Mars bar fast or a fucking you know, KFC, like that's mm. not fasting, right? Just because they're doing the same thing every day, like the green juice fasting, you're not fasting. So salt water, essentially potassium chloride and sodium chloride are the main two salts that your body needs quite a bit of. And then the dry fasting, um, basically no water at all. And now there's two types of dry fasting. There's hard dry fasting and soft dry fasting. So hard would be like no water contact, mm. period. Right. And then soft would be like, say, if you still banged off a shower or whatever and brushed your teeth. But yeah. And then the where I, where I use these, it just depends on the person's goal. Right. So with the morbidly obese people, which I'm actually making more my focus now, um, I got those people aren't they can't even move. Like I'm helping a girl right now that used to she was like 502 or 506 when I started coaching Ooh. her. 
And she was basically to the point, she actually told me for about a month, she couldn't actually leave her house because she, she couldn't even pick up her fucking leg to get on the up on the curb. Mm. Right. And like, she's tried everything, like every fucking thing you can think of for the mainstream bullshit diets. And this is the only thing, like just stop fucking eating, you know? And, and now I got her dry fasting and it's unbelievable how fast these people will lose weight and help their health will come back and she can't move anyway. So you got a girl as heavy as her. And I got another guy. It's actually funny. You're talking about that tough love. I got a guy that I just started fasting and he's a fucking ex Marine. <laughs> you know, he, yeah, he's an ex Marine. He yeah. literally was 300. He's a fat bastard his whole life. when he was a kid and he finally said, fuck this. And he goes and was, he was 300 pounds, gets down to like a rip 192, became like a trained killer. Wow. And then, he got obviously when he was done with the Marine Corps, he, you know, he got married and, you know, went through a bunch of shit, got a divorce. And now he's fucking 530 pounds. He got up to 560. And so this guy, like I'm thinking this guy and the girl I'm coaching, they're going to, you're going to see some crazy shit because this dry fasting, you got to understand when your body, when you get dry like that, everyone thinks, Oh, you got to go what you need. Like you can only go three days without water. Like they forget that these people, have like literally like a hundred fucking liters of water on their gut. They're like camels and people don't understand that. Like they always think, uh, I don't know, you know, like macros, like, you know, you got your protein, fats and carbs, right? Mm -hmm. You know how like a gram of fat is nine calories. Well, people think that a pound of human body fat is 3,600 calories, which is actually complete bullshit because that would mean in that one. So like, say if we just cut it, one pound of fat off your gut, like a pound of flesh, like fat, right? It's, it's, it's not all oil. It's not fucking oil. Okay. It's like literally oil and water and electrolytes is what it really is. Like no one really knows how many calories is in a pound of fat, but it's say to make a guess would be like, say 50% oil. Right. So you got these people that could drive fast and you, you know what the craziest part is with these extreme obese people, they actually start urinating more when I get them dry fasting mm. because what happens, they have so much capacity on their body that when they're drinking the salt water, which is excellent because they're still going to burn body fat like crazy because they're not taking in any food, but they will go through these ups and downs where they're stashing water on their body because they have so much capacity to store. Right? So what soon as, so then they, they won't be, basically they won't be urinating. They'll actually be stashing a little bit of water. But as soon as you get them dry fasting, it's just unbelievable how their your body will start to cut into the body fat. Like, just pretend you're at like a massive deficit. So let's say I got one of these like 500 pounders to sit in a sauna and and melt off like five pounds of water. So they come out of the sauna at this at this fluid deficit. So their body technically wants to get back five liters of water, right? Because to get back to homeostasis. But if you don't let it. If you're like, fuck it, don't drink nothing, what'll happen is the body will be like, holy fuck, we need to get this water back from somewhere. And the body will just go into overtime mode, breaking down body fat to try to get the water from the fat breakdown. It's dry fasting is unbelievable when it comes to morbidly obese. And it's perfect because they don't got to do anything. Now, if it's somebody like, say, you know, your average fat person that's trying to be somewhat active and like even just, you know, putting on some good mileage walking or, or, you know, doing some activity, then that's where the snake juice is perfect. Maybe a combination of snake juice and dry fasting. And then, you know, like what we had Mark doing 
we, you know, we'll have some sort of a fasting protocol. Basically, the fatter you are, the more aggressive you can get, which the most aggressive is going to be dry fasting. And then the more lean you are, the less aggressive you have to be. So say if it's somebody like both of you guys, when you're really ripped, you could go back to more of a mainstream intermittent fasting routine where you're, you know, where you might have to eat two meals a day, one before a workout, one after a workout or whatever, something like that. Right. Explain to us what snake juice is. So basically snakes juice. So back to my name, snake diet, it started off as a massive fucking joke because obviously snakes eat like once every two weeks. Right. And in the beginning, it was funny because I was the one doing like I was doing like 72 hour fast and I grinded through like an eight day fast and then it actually became true. I had people literally eat it once every two fucking weeks. Hmm. Like they went, I, I've had people go 50 days. Like it's, it's crazy. So 50 days with you, no food, 50 days straight. Wow. Yeah. Are these like I've the heavier people? people go 30 days. What's that? Are these like the really heavy people or just like everyone? Anybody that's got 30 pounds to scrap, like, hmm. You're going to, depending on the person, depending how much you're walking or how active you are, like say if you're on a straight fast, no food, just on that salt water, 30 day cut, no food. Depending if you're male or female, you'll, you'll roast anywhere from a, a pound a day up to 50, 60 pounds. I've had, I had a guy drop 60 pounds in 30 days with no food. And now if you get real hardcore and you throw dry fasting into the mix, like I'm going to find out with this, with this ex Marine. Cause this guy's fucking deep down in his heart. This guy's tough as fucking nails. Like he might, I won't be able to prove it, but I bet you he could beat the Guinness book of world record dry fast, which essentially was 18 days. And it was just some young kid. They locked up in jail and fucking threw the key away and forgot about him. And hmm. He wasn't even fat and he didn't Ooh. die. It was, he was okay. You know? So, but the snake juice is essentially just electrolyte is just salt water, potassium chloride powder, sodium chloride powder with, like proper, you know, RDA amounts. And then, uh, and yeah, that's all it is. It's salt water. You, like I tell people, you know, you can go buy just the salts at the store. You can make your own or you can buy ours off Amazon. If you don't want to go make your own, it's like, I, I'm, I tell people exactly how to mix it up and everything. It's yeah. You basically buy potassium, right? You can buy potassium yeah. off like Amazon. Is there a particular type of potassium, like chloride? Or uh, potassium chloride powder. You can get it in bulk. Um, you can get like no salt or salt free or two of the ones you can get in Canada at the stores. There's a, there's a bunch. There's, there's some other like weird names of it in, in Europe and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's potassium chloride powder and then sodium chloride, which basically, you know, and then I actually, uh, and then baking soda. So sodium bicarbonate. And I, I originally it was just those two main salts. It was just the sodium uh, chloride and the potassium chloride. But then afterwards when I got and I learned more about salts and learned about kidney function, that's when I threw in the sodium bicarbonate, which is just essentially baking soda, baking soda. So for people that are listening, not baking powder because people fuck that up. Baking soda. <laughs> and it, yeah. Like, so the baking soda is just amazing for your kidneys. Like if you have a fuck, if you have fucked up kidneys, dry fasting, Plus, like, you know, lemon juice, apple cider vinegar, and baking soda is going to be the best thing to heal fucked up kidneys. The dry fasting gives them a complete break so you're not just pounding fluid through them. And then when you come off the fast, if you have any buildup in your kidneys, like stones or anything, it's a, the, the baking soda will literally break up the stones. The first dry fast I ever did that was a pretty long dry fast. It was uh, five days. 
And when I came off that one, I was pissing some light sediment for probably about two days after. And mm. I had some pain in my kidneys. And then I was knocking back the baking soda and it just released. And there was this sediment and I put it, I pissed in a cup, put it in the fridge. And it was quite a bit. I got no big stones, luckily, but it was amazing. And after that, I've never had none of that since, right? You know, people are obsessed with trying to figure out how to lose weight. You know, they're, they're tired of, of being the same way that they were. And with the, the method that you're applying, it sounds like people are losing weight, you know, really, really fast. How do people prevent having a rebound? Because, you know, I've competed in bodybuilding. I've competed in powerlifting. And sometimes when you make a certain weight class, you know, in powerlifting, the idea is like to get back up and weight on purpose. Um, but even in bodybuilding, after you do a show, it's very common for people that have been under eating for a period of time. The yeah. second they go back to kind so of, one of the another regimen, so they gain a lot of weight. Of fasting in general, fasting will help you beat food addiction for sure. Because you're not always spiking your insulin with sugar and what have you, right? And then secondly, you know, that's kind of where I come in again because I motivate people to build it into that lifestyle, build it and build it. And it becomes, it's so idiot-proof that, it, well, you know what I mean? It's completely yeah. idiot-proof. There's not a choice. You just where, don't eat food. Yeah. It's So what I'm really doing in the beginning of the whole thing is when people, say you got the person that's 500 pounds and- They've tried everything and they just felt like they had no control. So what I'm giving them is control. It's like once they've done, it's almost like once they've done like a three-day dry fast or even a three-day fast on snake juice, at that point, their confidence goes through the roof. It's like I don't need to eat and I can lose weight this fast and they have the control where everything else, they just couldn't get a fast enough result either. Like fast results will motivate the shit out of you. So that control, I'm giving them that power that they know there's an answer now, you know, and like I talk about yo-yo fasting and people fucking up, but if they keep at least this, at least with the fasting, the results are so quick that a lot of times people might fuck up two or three times, but then eventually they'll get there, you know, and they can all, and even if they fuck right up, they can always try again. And that's the, and they don't have to spend any money. It's fucking free. That's one of the main things, right? They just. Like I tell people, just watch my goddamn YouTube videos. And if you're having an issue with motivation, fucking watch me. I'll swear at you for an hour. And you fucking <laughs> on track. Right. But you're right. But so back to like trying to create that discipline because the end of the day, it's fucking discipline regardless. Like not everyone's going to succeed because people are fucking pussies. So, you know, hopefully by helping some of the extremes, the people that aren't as extreme are like, well, this 500 pound woman can cut this weight and stick to a meal a day for the rest of her life and keep it off. Then I can, you know, it's always going to, you're always going to have whiners that are going to fuck up. Right. I almost wonder though, if everyone could do it, if they just, if they just simply didn't give up because a lot of the people, uh, you know, on your Instagram, it's remarkable the progress they've made and it's one person after another has lost, you know, 50 pounds. So it's like, maybe if just that person that has even tried your diet that hasn't succeeded yet, yeah. maybe they just need to have the discipline just to not ever give up on it. They got to keep and, trying. And right. Yeah. Go, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I was just saying they oh. got to keep trying. Right. Yeah. And that's my goal. Cause the more people you can get, like I'm all about results. Okay. This is where people just run their fucking mouth. I want that. That's why I help people for free because when they don't pay me, then when they come to me for help, I can make them do whatever the fuck I want. And the number one thing for motivation right off the bat, because definitely women run the fat loss industry. Okay. It's the worst with the women. 
So the one thing I make them do is strip down to their fucking bra and panties and post their pictures on my big group on Facebook. Because once they, I've had women cry doing that. They wanted my help so goddamn bad though that they did it. And right there, when they actually took a good look at their fat body in the mirror, it, it, that is like that. It, something cracks in their brain. And then at that point, they're like, shit, I, I, I don't want to be this person anymore. And that's how I get them so motivated is, is with pictures right off the bat. I won't even deal with anybody that hasn't took the pictures, right? And that's why I don't charge. Because if I charge, I'd be like every other fucking scam artist out there. And the people would have me by the balls. And then I wouldn't, they wouldn't be able, they wouldn't do what I need them to do, right? They wouldn't have to because I'm charging them now, right? You need them to work for you and not the other way around. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Like now, like I got, like now, like I said, I'm really putting the focus on some of these 500 pounders because I've gotten crazy results with pretty much everybody, but there's no doubt that the more extreme the case, it's like, okay, let's say right now I got the girl, like a few 500 pounders plus I'm coaching and one girl. So I'm having her come right to my house because I got, I, I was, I, I needed to take my next step. And this was something that kind of bothered me for a while where I haven't cut somebody that was plus 500 pounds down to like fighting weight. You know what I mean? Mm. Because what happens, even though you lose weight so goddamn quick, when a 500 pounder loses 50 pounds, you could hardly even see it on their body. Not like somebody that's like 250 losing 50 pounds or whatever. Right. So this girl, she lives in Houston, Texas, uh, like fucking coincidentally, you know, like the fattest <laughs> fucking place on the planet. And that's where, well, that's where my 600 pound life, I believe. Yeah. A lot of good food yeah. down there. And that's where that scam artist fucking bariatric surgeons out of where he just, you know, that's why they're trying to get on the show is to, you know, get the free bariatric surgery, which is a crock of shit. So anyway, I'm like, I'm like, fuck it. Cause I want my, I want the control. So I'm going to fly her here. She's supposed to be here mid next month. And she's literally going to stay here until I have her like all the weight off her. Wow. Yeah. That's um, my, cause no one's done that. And I'm like, it's, you know, that's, Obviously, I'm committing a lot of my time, but I will get my fucking result because I was just pissed off for a long time that I couldn't keep one of these 500 pounders on it long enough to lose enough that they, you know, started to basically be able to do it on their own because I've had them fast a long period of time, but it's just not enough. We're like this girl, when I get her here, she's under my thumb mm -hmm. and then I can, and then I got her making YouTube videos and and such so it just motivates her more she's already got like a quite a few subscribers on youtube and uh yeah my goal is to just you know do a good dry fasting slash snake juice routine with her and just cut all the weight and then like that story is going to be pretty insane when it's done i really hope people are listening to this and i hope they stick with this because there's so much great information here i hope they're not getting like it's it's easy for people to get uh, turned off and to say, man, I, I can't handle this guy calling people fat, mm -hmm. but that's our society. You know, it's an unfortunate thing. Like pe people see people that are heavy. They identify them as being fat. Like that's just the way it is when somebody's skinny, same thing. And you kind of hear people, people are very free to, to make fun of people when they're really skinny. Like, well, oh, look at that guy as skinny as a beanpole, right? And it's like, no one is really all that offended by that. But as soon as somebody says something about fat, it's kind of an interesting thing because it's it's definitely a hole that you dug yourself. And uh, I do think it's probably better for people just to try to be more transparent about it and say, I don't I don't like this anymore. I don't want to be this way anymore. I want to make a change. And you know what? Like back again, the results speak for themselves because I, I, I actually bust the haters asses. I'm like, you have to fucking try this. Like they're not going to not try it. 
it doesn't matter how much they hate me or not. Like the results are so goddamn good, but that they just have to. It's like, I don't, you can hate me all you want, but I know you're going to fucking do it eventually because there's nothing else out there that's going to get the results as not eating. Right. Yeah. But you had a good point about, you know, people that are turned off about me initially, that also keeps my following tighter because I'm so polarizing that the people <laughs> that do love me, they get way better fucking results because I'm not like this mainstream guy on the internet that's got like a million subscribers or some shit on YouTube that just fucking sugarcoats all this bullshit. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, that's great. You know, I got people that fucking hate me, but the people that love me, they're like, I don't like to say it, but it's like, well, it's like a fucking, it's, it's a cult follower (laughs) and that's where, and that's how I get the results because if they just mediocrely like you, you're not going to get shit because they're not going to buy into you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's why the results are so good because people that love me, like that's why, you know, and a lot of men, they won't buy into a lot of these, like real, a lot of these diets are pretty feminine. Like a lot of these multi-level marketing things are a bunch of bullshit. And like you got a guy that was like an ex-Marine, he's he's not trying all these diets like the women. But when a guy like me comes along that talks like the fucking guy off Full Metal Jacket, this guy like relates. And you know, it's the guy and it's that guy. Like it only takes one. Right. Remember that it only takes me taking one super obese person and cutting them down to make this thing go fucking viral. I don't have to help hundreds of people. You see what I'm saying? But yeah. obviously my volume now helped bring me this guy or brought me some of these real heavy people, but you only got to help like two, you know, you only got to take two under your wing and commit the time. And then you end up on the six o'clock news and everybody in fucking United States is fucking fasting. And that's my goal. I want every fucking person that is as a weight problem to fucking have the balls to try fasting. Hey, cool. Have you noticed there being, because we were talking about the yo-yos, have you noticed there being a threshold for the amount of time that an individual needs to try and stick to this before it becomes something that they're able to just do without having to, I guess, stress about it? So here's some of the techniques I use to like negate yo-yo fasting. Mm-hmm. Um, so back in the day, I used to promote just shut the fuck up and stop eating for 100 days. Like I didn't even care. I'm like, you know. Just, I just and then obviously the original results were me like yeah. my pictures were up on the internet and that's slowly I got calls and so on so I started off by posting my body up there which is obviously one of the main things that got this whole thing started but what I do now instead of promoting like I love if they can do a long fast fine but have a plan when they come off the long fast and I really like 72 hour fast because if, if, if they're super heavy and they're doing 72-hour fasts on snake juice, and they're doing like a little 500-calorie refeed. Like, you got to understand, too, these really heavy people, once they fast and get the hormones leveled out, like, you got one hormone called leptin. Mm-hmm. And it, it basically, it, it works. It's like a feedback loop where, say, a guy like you, um, your leptin levels right now in your blood would be fairly low because body fat produces the leptin. And then a fat person, if you gain, now if you gain some weight, like let's say you porked up real quick in like the next two weeks, <laughs> after a bit, you like wouldn't even feel hungry because your body's telling you that you don't need to eat, which would happen to me right now if I like started gaining weight, that happens every time. Hmm. But these people, they've been fat for so long that their leptin levels are sky high in their blood, so they're leptin resistant in their brain. So their brain thinks they're actually starving. Yeah. 
But what happens after after like a 48-hour fast or three days, bang, they're not even hungry. And then sometimes they think they want to eat and they go eat like a tiniest amount of food and they they feel like full. They're not even hungry because why would they be, right? So 72s work good for like heavier people. Just keep them on 72, 72, 72. And then they, it's not too long and then they can have that little meal, right? But then 48s work good. Obviously calories matter, like the amount of food volumes of one. Like it's all about food volume, frequency of eating and macros. So optimally, you're obviously gonna go super low carb. You're gonna have as low a calories possible and and fast long essentially. So optimally no macros, no calories, and fasting is gonna be the perfect combination. But that's what I do. I, I train I train them how to do like 72s and you get an amazing autophagy effect with 72s as well. Like say if you had a heroin addict or any addict, 72 hour fast, especially dry is gonna beat any fucking addiction on the planet. After that, it's only gonna be habit that keeps you doing it. Mm. Like this is how they should be treating like these, like I had a buddy, like, you know, he, he was a heroin addict. He passed away a few years ago. And that's how they should have been treating these people. Like, yeah, it's barbaric as fuck. This is exactly how they used to treat um, schizophrenia back in the day when they didn't even know what it was. And they're like, oh, this guy's possessed and shit. And they just throw him in a fucking dark room for three days with no food or water. And he'd come out feeling decent because they just fasted his ass off and, his, and he got into ketosis and it calmed him down. Mm. Right? So, like, that's how you beat any addiction. 72-hour dry fast, you're going to kick anything. And you'll go through some serious withdrawals, too. Like, I've had people that are coffee addicts, lots of sugar, you know, puke at 24 hours. And, and you know, I've had some pretty bad addicts I've dealt with, right? Um, you know, people that are listening to the show that are, that are heavier, you know, this really applies to them more so with these 72-hour fast and, and these small refeeds, um, mainly because they may not be people that are uh, addicted to training. They may not like want yeah. to train or feel the need to train all the time. And maybe it's also just somebody who wants to like cut up or maybe they've slipped up on their nutrition for a while and they want to try to drop a lot of weight. But what I've also yeah. seen you do in conversation with you is I think that you have a really great approach to where you're still performance based. So people listening to this right now, like, man, you're not eating food. Like, can't even get to the gym, but you're talking right now, you were talking about people are 300 pounds plus and some heavier people. Yeah. When you have performance-based people, people that want to get in the gym, they want to get after it, they want to bodybuild, they want to do jujitsu, they want to power lift, these kinds of things. What do those people do? So essentially like now it depends how lean they are. So one fella actually is going to be fighting right away. I was coaching him. Actually, I'll give him a shout out. His name is Ryan Ford and uh, he's a Canadian welterweight boxing chap. Cool. And basically the routine I had him on, he had to, you know, he just didn't want to have to water cut so much before his fight. He fights at like 175, right? Mm -hmm. And I told him it's simple for him because the way he trained, I'm like, just eat a decent sized meal at dinner with your family and then do your whole workout the next day fast and have some salt water. And it worked really well with that kind of cardio training that he was doing. And he had, you know, and he had enough of a carb load the night before that he, he got through it. And then all he has to do, because he was training quite early in the morning, so it worked out really well. Now, if he was training later in the day, I would have had him on a little different strategy. But if he's training right in the morning like that, it worked good for him to just bang off his workout, and then he just grinds through the day with no food. And he literally, he's going to have to cut like fuck off for this fight he's got coming up. I believe it's this weekend, actually. And uh, so that's how I coached him. And he's like elite level like fitness athlete essentially 
But then I've had guys that are power lifters and such that wanted to cut down and I'd have them more like on a routine, like we were doing with you where they, you know, depending on where it all depends on where the training's situated on the day though too. Right. But they might eat like a little bit of carb before the workout. And then right after the workout, eat like a tiny low carb meal. So it's like your window's still tight, maybe four or five, even six hours. If you're fairly lean, I don't care. Six hour window, you're still getting a very good health benefit from the fasting. Because if you look, if you do your research, just your mainstream time restricted eating always claims like an eight hour window or tighter. And you're going to get extremely good health benefits with an eight hour window or tighter, especially if you're cutting the carbs at the tail end of the day. Right. So that's how I do it with the lean people. Like I've, I've coached a few bikini girls and actually back to what you were saying about the, uh, like the, the eating issue that some of these people have when they come off bodybuilding shows, these girls that I've coached literally like they've done every fucking diet, six meal a day, all like cutting on a deficit on six meals a day. And they're just like ravenous food at it still. But what I did is I got them on a fasting routine and it was crazy how much leaner I could keep them and how much more muscle mass I could keep on them because of the because your GH goes way up. <clears throat> Excuse me. Voice is shot from yelling at fat people all the time. <laughs> <laughs> You're um, not necessarily a proponent of any one style of diet either, right? Like you, no, you'll implement no, whatever is needed, right? Yeah, as long as the fasting aspect is there, you know? So like these, some of these girls I was helping – it was always the same. They blow up like a fucking balloon after their show because they haven't beat the food addiction. So, and like, also they had to cut way, like they could easily stay like maybe 10 pounds over stage weight. Like these natural com bikini competitors can easily stay 10 pounds over stage weight all year round, like nothing mm. and still be extremely anabolic. If they, if they're, if they're timing their food just right and they're eating in a tight window and they're watching those macros, like I said, where they're, maybe throwing in a little bit of carb on the training day. And if they do have an off day, just, you know, grind through cardio with no food and really take advantage of being fast and burning like crazy months of body fat during that cardio session. Right. On that topic of women, do you notice a difference between the, uh, like how well women can adapt to fasting versus men? Is there any difference or, cause you hear a lot of people say, Oh, women yeah, have it harder. So always coaching women. It's different. Like here's the thing with women and men. Women by nature, like really want me to lead them. Okay. So like when they start getting help from me and they really want the help, they want me to like, they're, they're asking me questions all the time. Like it's just nature. They can't make decisions or shit. Okay? It's like, cool. It's like, cool. I need to, should I take a shit now or in five hours? I'm like, well, fuck, make the fucking decision. You got to take a shit. <laughs> anyway, but where the men, what happens with them, they'll talk to me briefly. They'll watch my videos and like either they'll just not do it or they'll come back to me like a month later and they've lost like 30 to 50 pounds. But the women, the ones that stay and check, they're usually messaging me a lot. So sometimes I get irritated, but at the same time, when I know the girl's always messaging me, then I know she's sticking to it. Yeah. The, the, now, because when the girls don't message me, they fucked up. Right. Like they're fucking gone. Cause the reason they don't want to message me because I, they know they fucked up and they don't want me to yell in their ear. Right. So as far, and, and also it all, always depends on the purpose. So like you said, with the yo-yo fasting, it's go, it goes so much deeper, like fasting, like build, builds you up spirit, spiritually. 
Like, you know, every religion's based around fasting, but all the religions have gotten so fucking weak now that they don't even follow their own goddamn protocols. <laughs> so it's funny, but you know, like that, that, that purpose, like even the girl that I'm helping that's going to come here, like, you know, I got her making YouTube video every day. So now she's got a following. So now it's like, there's some pressure, right? It keeps her motivated, right? Or like writing or like, like I always try to dig as deep as I can into somebody's like purpose or their fear to really give them that goal. Like even like, you know, somebody comes in for fitness training and you're like, Oh, what's your goal? It's like, Oh, I just want to lean out or some bullshit. Well, then you've got to attack them and get like dig, 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 dig for that purpose. And then you find out that their mom was 500 pounds and died of a heart attack like a month prior and that's why they're really in there, but they don't want to say it because you got to get them to verbalize the issue. Or maybe it's a girl that got, I, this is common as hell. A girl got dumped by her boyfriend because she got fucking fat, you know? And then I get that out of her. It's like, hey, you want to get laid? You want to fucking score some fucking like top quality dudes? Like you got to fucking get lean. Can't be a fat <laughs> pig. Guys don't want to fuck fat women unless there's some fucked up weird guy with a weird fetish, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you mentioned, uh, you know, um, like have, finding like a purpose, you know, finding the reason. And I think that is uh, probably the biggest factor that, that can keep somebody on their diet. And I think it's the thing, you know, people say, ah, oh, you know, I tried that diet and I got burnt out. I tried that keto diet. I got burnt out. I tried fasting and I got burnt out. And I don't think it's so much they got burnt out. It's like life beat them down. They got tired. They got fatigued. And they just really forgot the original reason yeah. why they did it in the first place. It's like you you have to – it's really hard, but you have to fight for it. And you have to hold on to it. And even if you slip up, that's okay. Let yourself slip up a bunch. Like you might mess up. Uh, you might keep yeah. trying fasting for 20 days, and you might mess up every day yeah. for a while. That's okay. And that's just a keep good trying. point. One of the big points that I get like through to people as well is, you know, sometimes I don't care if they fuck up their refeed as long as they didn't fuck up the fasting protocol that we agreed upon. So like, let's say they fuck up the refeed and instead of eating like the low carb, you know, steak and fucking broccoli meal or whatever. Instead they had like a fucking chunk of like a bunch of pizza, but they still fasted though. They didn't fucking prematurely break the fast. End of the day. That's my main goal is to build the discipline to keep the eating frequency on point. So even though they fucked up the refeed, that it, it would still piss me off, but it's not as bad as if they prematurely break the fast. Mm. Right. And like, even talking about like, you know, about purpose, like look at yourself, Mark, like, you know, you got a big following, you got that gym and you know, you got to be in shape. Like if you're a fat fucking pig and you're on the fucking strongest <laughs> gym in fucking California, dude, it's kind of fucking going to look retarded, right? Like, so you got to be jacked or else you're fucking just a fucking, it's just a scam. <laughs> you know, I'm also curious about this, Cole, because uh, you were talking about like leptin, right? And if an individual is underslept, right, that skyrockets too. So a lot of people talk about, oh, when I'm fasting, I find it hard to fall asleep because my stomach's empty, blah, blah, blah. How do you help people manage to get quality sleep while go doing these prolonged fasts? So that's a good point. So like there's lots of tricks like for sleep. Um, let's a lot of times you'd be surprised though, that when they're overweight, the reason they got so much energy is because they're breaking down body fat so quickly, making so much, much ketones that they literally just need to go out and chop wood for five hours. <laughs> they like got so much energy. There is one of the main problems because, I was actually 
coaching. At one time, he's a world record bench presser, like natural rod in Canada. And he had that happen because we had him eating low carb and he was getting in ketosis so quick that he was losing some sleep at night because he was just wired on energy. And, you know, there's things like tire yourself out. There's, you know, there's going to be like some things uh, that I've tried when I was doing like really hard fasts is cold showers, but long cold showers, mm-hmm. like ones that you just don't want to even do. Like I'm talking a half an hour in like Canadian cold, like, you know, <laughs> and it'll tax you like you've done a marathon mm. and you'll, it'll knock you on your ass. <laughs> Another thing is going to be the sauna, but not just the, you know, not just the pussy ass little sauna session. I'm talking sitting there until you are fucking so taxed that you are actually it's when you you know that it's like your legs are getting like noodly and then you'll go home and you'll literally pass right out or like you know just move like that's the main problem here like you know what i've realized the fucking problem isn't only food like food being so accessible is like massive issue massive obviously right but the biggest fucking problem to the whole obesity epidemic is literally lack of motivation due to the addictions and the fucking dopamine insensitivity making it so people just don't want to move because honestly, when I grew up, I was a kid, I'm close to the same age as you guys, but I grew up like, you know, all the sticks, but like I had some trash food when I was a kid Did I get fat and become a food addict. No, because I wasn't watching porn all fucking day. I wasn't playing video games all fucking day. Those are two of the worst ones. You know, I wasn't on Facebook all fucking day. Like, you know, it's a perfect combination. You got everything can come to your house. Like these fat pigs that are basically shut-ins, if you took away their fucking internet and their fucking video games, they would be so fucking bored that even with the food addiction, they would literally be, they would, trust me, they would, they would make, they would take some action because the, they would be so fucking bored without their fucking internet. Internet's the worst thing I think that ever happened to man for, it, it's funny because we're on here using the internet, so there's good but maybe this didn't need to happen if there was no internet. Maybe we wouldn't have to have this conversation, <laughs> you know? So because the dopamine sensor, like your, your reward system gets fried when you watch porn all the time. And then you got sex addiction from all the fucking internet bullshit. Like, the, you know, and then like, it's just rapid eye movement. Like you watch this one guy seen him. He was like 800 pounds. And it was a good little video on YouTube talking about him. I think he was 700 something. And video game addict every time, every fat man that's like morbidly obese, I swear to God, they're always game. They're always playing games. Okay. Because it's all they can do is sit in their house. So you take that game away from them. So the biggest problem is these fucking enablers. Like how the hell does a 600 pound or 700 pound fat man even get food? He can't unless his dad or his mom or some idiot his fucking stupid fucking wife is feeding him. And I've seen this a million times with this, that one guy that was a thousand pounds on Netflix. There was his fucking wife. And that's all they had to do is like, just stop feeding him. He can't even move. He's just going to like starve the fuck out of that fat prick. Like he's going to fucking just, you know, it's these enablers are the worst. You've got to be brutal on these people. They should have been busting his wife's ass, you know, and they didn't. Instead they try to sell him on bariatric surgery at a thousand pounds. Like it's ridiculous. So like you can coach people on the fasting aspect of it, but you brought up a lot of good stuff in terms of like people hyped up on dopamine, internet porn, all these access to like video games and stuff. 
How do you handle that aspect of things when you notice that these people, men maybe, have really bad habits in terms of video games, internet porn, and all that type of stuff? How do you coach them on that? Like, because you can just tell them not to, but they're addicted. So, so I use myself always as the template. Okay, so I live a very minimalistic lifestyle. Like, I sleep on the floor. Okay, I sleep on I sleep on two yoga mats, and and how did I learn about that? From fucking learning from sumo wrestlers, fucking <laughs> because sumo wrestlers would actually sleep on the floor. And at first I had some knots in my back. So like, anyway, I, I started researching floor sleeping and realized it was beds or another massive scam. Mm-hmm. So I started sleeping on the floor. You know, I drive an old piece of shit car. So these people, it comes back to the same old bullshit. Stop giving a fuck with other fucking people fucking think. Because that is what lead, that will never lead you to happiness. Because I drive an old pile of shit car, and I have no bills, you know. And I was that guy. Like I'll tell, like you know, when I was mid twenties, I made a million dollars in the stock market. Still wasn't happy. That's how I know. And I lost all that money because I I wasn't happy, and I just gambled it even harder and lost it all. You know, I was the guy that owned the house on the golf course, had a brand new GTR, fucking street bikes, all this shit. Wasn't happy, and now. That's where it starts. So I tell these people, I'm like, why are you driving a fucking brand new fucking BMW if you're fucking bitching about your got your job? You hate your job. So number one, if you hate your day job, set yourself up in a situation where you can quit your fucking day job. Because like people just don't understand how easy it is to be happy. You know, you it's just such a mindset. Like you have guys that would drop out of school and they their passion might have been calisthenics. And then they go and start doing it in a park. And could you imagine if they could fast and knew about that and knew about how to eat for very cheap? Like this was what happened with one guy. He's in a park and he started just pumping calisthenics, started telling people about it. Had one guy come to him for help. Next thing you know, he's got a massive fucking YouTube channel. You know, shit like that. Like people just don't understand how simple life can be. And they just create, it's all self-induced stress because they care so much about what other people think. And it's human nature, right? Like obviously men, you know, they want to get laid and shit. So they're like, well, I got to make money to get this girl. And, and really, if they just chase their passion, like you guys, like, you know, powerlifting, weightlifting, exercise, the people that you want in your life are just going to fucking fall right in your lap. As soon as you're chasing is when you go down the wrong road. I've seen this a million times, right? So that's kind of what I dig into with people, those things. Like, why are you living in this fucking half a million dollar house? What's the point? Because you got two kids. All you... Like a lot of, I get that excuse all the time for people. It's like, I got children. I got to make money for them. Like really? And the parent is terrible because all they do is buy the kid trash, junk food and junk toys. And so they got to go work. And really, if they just had a job that was relaxed and didn't have to work so much, they could go with no toys and just have a fucking baseball and actually be a real parent and spend time with their kid. Because end of the day, that's all it takes to be a good parent is just spend time with your fucking kid. Like, I don't need to be a parent to tell you that because I'm technically the dad to about a thousand fat pigs. So I know exactly how important time is, right? So, like, you know what I mean? It's all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, even me investing my time with the girl that's coming staying with me. Like, say she's the child and I'm the dad. If she's in Houston and I'm in Edmonton, Alberta, that's not a very good dad-daughter relationship if you look at it that way. How am I supposed to get her to fucking lose 300 pounds? I'm not going to be able to, but if she's here with me and then that's like a real relationship bond there. 
And that's another thing where people fuck up in life with their community aspect. They're, they, the internet gives you a very false sense of community versus just knowing the people around you when you, like the logistics is so important to good community. You know, people always move away because they think grass is better on the other, the greener on the other side. They throw their family in the garbage can. And instead where you live right now, having that, like the value to have like 5,000 people following you in your home city is like 20 times the value to having a million subscribers on YouTube of people all over the world. Okay. If you have 5,000 real followers, like that's why these priests are so massive because they'll have like literally 500 to a thousand actual locals come to their church every Sunday. That priest can fuck shit up. Like that priest could like cause a riot in a town <laughs> where some YouTuber with a million followers ain't going to cause no fucking riot. Like that guy's got some serious influence and see that's the, that community is so important. And obviously, you know, the system now, the, the, the family structure is completely broken. You know, we got like crazy amounts of single moms, which a lot of them, I coach single moms, dad's gone. Mom's got a kid. She's fat. You know, I, I know this because I coach these people. I don't just run my mouth about this shit. Like, cause I see it on the news. I know because when you talk to that many people that I talk to, you start to really see the truth that people won't say outside. Like, you know, even their political beliefs that they're scared to talk about, you actually learn what the fuck's going on when you have a good relationship with people, you know? Mm. But that kind of stuff, community, that community aspect, building that, you know? You guys got a good community aspect in your gym. You see what I'm saying? Like, that's very valuable. Where some people just worry too much about people that where the logistics is crap, where the person lives a thousand miles away. Don't worry about that person. Worry about the person that's beside you every day. And then you'll, and then that will help motivate you and you can motivate others that way too. It's very important. How, uh, how, you know, you just mentioned how easy it is for people to be happy. What are some other ways that you've seen people be happy, uh, through doing the snake diet? Like, so they do the snake diet, they fast, they gain some strong discipline in their life aside just from the weight loss. How have you seen it help change people's lives? Good point. So a lot of times they'll lose a bunch of weight and then they might have like an unhealthy mom and dad and then their mom and dad, they'll they'll mom and dad will catch on start doing it or they'll start just motivating other people which i try to get them to do that right away because end of the day i believe the true happiness is going to come from you like touching others right like it seems like say if you were a billionaire and you just and money was no option i've, I've run this through my head all the time and and if you're not helping others and you're not putting a smile on people's face or like, or at least getting others to react that can even make happiness. Like just doing something that's against the grain, you know, but that's how I get them. I get them to mentor others a lot of times because once they like, say if you're fasting and you're like, say, you know, overweight, if you can find somebody to mentor, it's going to really keep you in check. Like that's how I do some of this crazy stuff. Like I've done seven days of no fucking water. You know, I wouldn't have been able to do that without having a following that was looking up to me. And when I'm dying, you know, every night when I was, you know, it's like, I got to get, there's just no fucking option. I was just going to finish it no matter what, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it always helps to, and that's where community comes back in because if you're a loner and you have no friends because you're scared to talk to people, like these basic things, like you could write a whole book about just saying hi, just going out and saying hi or going door to door. Like I was making the, the, the fat girl that's going to come live with me. You know what I was doing? 
to give her more purpose. I was making her leave her apartment complex and go door to fucking door telling people about a snake diet and bringing obesity awareness to them. Like shit like that. And it like just made her grow a massive set of balls. You know? Yeah. How, how can people uh, like enjoy community without doing the thing that everyone's so guilty of, which is drinking and eating? Like that's like well, the that, only way we know how to have community. It seems like nowadays, do you have any like alternatives that you might mention to people like go out and all go for a bike ride or something like that? That's good. So that's the thing. So obviously the way I look at life is like the more fear you face. So when you, you know, those little, it's cliche, but you know, like face your fears or whatever. But when you face those little tiny fears every day, it could literally be the decision between saying hi to the guy at the bus stop or not saying hi to him. You always face those and that will lead you to your purpose. And then once you've, once you narrow your purpose down, then those people that you're talking about will, will bounce into your life. So say that you're 400 pounds and say that you, you're facing these little fears and then you're talking to people about cold showers, ice baths, fasting, then those people will start to come into your life and then you lose all the weight. And then you start to get interested in burning calories via cycling. And then bang, you're, you're looking for cycling clubs. See, it's just all about working on yourself. Soon as you work on yourself to the point where you're like at the best, best version of yourself. And it, it's a climb up the mountain, right? Like it's not just everyone just wants to get to the top of Everest. Who the fuck would climb Everest if you could just get to the top? The whole part of it is the work that it takes to get to the top <laughs> is the fun part. Like, like having that experience. But people, if they want to enjoy that journey, like even you guys, you know, you're developing every day, like. I don't know what you guys are working on exactly, but you know, I know Mark was fasting, you know, he's getting more interested in that and you do some powerlifting hair. Yeah. P- a powerlifting. Uh, and he does uh powerlifting and jujitsu. We both done bodybuilding yeah. as well. Yeah. Like even look at that, like <clears throat> jujitsu, you got turned on by that at some point. And now, you know, you got all these people in your jujitsu crew, right? Like that's how it is. And, and you had to face your fear because it would have been probably pretty scary the first time you went to the fucking jujitsu gym. Cause I know it was fucking scary as fuck the first time I went into a boxing gym at 12 years old mm. and the boxing coaches told me, yeah, start fucking working, start hitting the bag. Like I didn't even know what I was doing. My old Frenchman boxing coach, that's probably one of the reasons I'm like the way I am today. Cause he was <laughs> one of the most fucking hard ass coaches you ever met. He's just like Mickey off of Rocky. It was insane. <laughs> yeah. It was fucking exactly like that. Um, but you uh, know, that's, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, you know, just facing those little fears. So like, you know, talking to strangers, this is basic stuff that I used to actually coach this stuff a long time ago too. Mm. Talking to strangers, you know, cold approaching strangers in public, giving people fucking compliments in public, just anything to strike up that conversation. You know, going to the gym, like taking some pain, stop trying to be comfortable. Fuck, everyone just wants comfort. Like it's not comfortable to say hi to strangers. Do it. Anything like, I'm, a, I'm like, I'm so addicted to discomfort now. When I'm comfortable is when I start to rethink my life and be like, how the fuck do I shake this shit up? You know, like that sign that I had out in the street. Like I went out in the street and I had a sign and it was crazy what actually happened because of this sign. So I, I put a sign up that said, fat women are gross. Stop eating you fat pig. And I was literally downtown in my city and like, I made the fucking news. It was insane. And like one guy that got a hold of me and actually did a podcast with me because of that was Elliot Hulse. You see, I put, and then it just shook things up again because I needed to do something to push my comfort zone. Yeah, I risk getting my teeth knocked out on the fucking street. You know what I mean? But that's the fear that I faced. And so I always do that. I'll, you know, I'll amp it way up. 
and then I'll kind of like keep on that climb, almost like if you're climbing Everest. It's like maybe there's a real steep spot and you might die, but then you get over it and then you keep on the easy climb, easy climb, and then bang. It's like, fuck, there's another steep spot you got to get over, you know? I always, I'm always looking to trigger the system somehow, always. <clears throat> How did you like, how did you start doing this? Because you just mentioned like years ago, I don't know, in your twenties, you were chasing money, you were rich, et cetera. You lost it. What caused this shift in your personality and the way you okay, do things? Okay. So good question. Uh, so basically I was, <clears throat> I was scared of women. Okay. Mm. Myself, I was scared of rejection. Okay. So I went to university right out of high school and you know, I never watched porn before that ever. Like I grew up out in the bush. I, I did see a couple of clips. I think like the farmer's hand had some old crappy old seventies porn at my buddy's house out in the fucking. <laughs> so that one. But you know what I mean? It wasn't like, it was still like old VHS where you like might get lucky and grab your dad's porn mag. Yeah. But like then when I went to university, I had high speed internet and I'm like, holy fuck. And I swear to God, half the guys I knew on my floor were porn addicts. <laughs> and then it like just, you know, I just, I grew up out in the country, just never had confidence with girls. And I think that made it a lot worse. So then I was actually, I used to be a piss tank too. Like I used to fucking drink a lot, but I was also crazy active because I was like almost had denial. You ever know like yo-yo, yo-yo athletes almost where I just destroy my body for a weekend straight. And then I'd go run a fucking marathon just out of punishment because I was so upset, you know, because I was somewhat of a role model in my hometown at the boxing club too. So anyway, I was actually a virgin until I was 24 years old. And then I started getting to like cold approach pickup and shit, you know, and that's how I killed my fear. Like I actually went out one day and just went to this one mall and just literally went up to 30 women and hit on them and asked them if I could kiss them. And I just got, I actually kissed a few of them. It was fucked up. And that did change everything. Cause I realized you could, you could go over the top, even though some were like, you're a fucking creep, but it wasn't about them. It was about me facing those fears. And then I got really good at that. And it made me extreme. Like I was always a social guy, but it was just with the girls. I was a pussy. And then I started helping guys with cold approach pickup in, in the streets. And then it just one thing led to another that got, you know, I started to develop more, to develop more than that. I was basically a little man whore for a few years. And then, you know, that got old and I, I just didn't like it. It just, it wasn't fulfilling. Like just that casual sex wasn't fulfilling. And I just grew out of it. You know, and then that's when I got into like more fitness, like my real goals. And, and also like my mom died when I was, uh, I was like 2006. So I was like 24 years old, you know, and that happened. Then I lost like that million bucks in the stock, you know, and like, obviously my mom passed away at 48 years old. I believe she was. So like that changes everything. Like you, you don't live for fucking ever. And that's one thing, one piece of advice I give everybody, like, People need to basically uh, consider death. When every day you fucking wake up in the morning, think that you could fucking die. If you consider it, because most people are so afraid of death, they don't even consider the fact that they might fucking actually die. And if you know that you are going to die eventually, whether it's today or in 10 years or 30 years, it's going to make you hustle and have a more interesting life. Most people are scared to shitless of death, which is funny because the system, like these bariatric surgeons, they play on that so much that they actually get people to do something completely fucking ludicrous 
get their guts cut open and their fucking stomach, like, you know, intestines cut out and stomach stapled in half. They actually use fear of death and people will buy into that. And you have actually a higher chance of dying from that fucking surgery than just fasting. People more scared of fasting than they are getting cut open. It's unfucking believable. But yeah, like things like that, that fear of death, like even when you guys train and pump iron, you know, sometimes I'll do a squat set to like think I'm going to fucking die, basically. You know, where you're like, you know, you get all fucking can't even see. Like, you know, I'll, I'll throw on a weight that I could, you know, and I'll squat it to literally, you know, those breathing squats, Schwarzenegger used to do. I'll do like 20 to 25 reps with some weight that's, and I'll just keep, ham- I'll just keep going and I'll, and I'll literally breathe five breaths between each rep one at a time until I can't even do a rep. You know, like that I'll do, I always push myself with stuff like that. And, you know, I competitive swam for years, boxing, obviously, like, you know, jujitsu yeah. fighting, like, you know, young guys now, like I don't promote just going to get in fights on the fucking street, but I was in some fights when I was a kid and it, it built, it builds your character. Like, you know, I've won some, I fucking lost some. And, and most people nowadays, like because of the fucking snowflake society, nobody fights, there's no fights. And, and it's kind of scarier in a sense because back when I was younger, you go to the bar and if there's an issue, you got in a fight with the guy and there was just fists. Now people are so disconnected and becoming such sociopaths because they're not investing any time with real people or just on the internet and cause, and there's all this fucking hate. The internet causes crazy amounts of hate. That now that guy that normally might have fought barehanded, he's got a knife or a fucking gun. Mm. And then you get like these mass shootings mm. because you see, the internet gives an outlet for people to run their mouth and normally they'd never say that kind of shit in real life and it creates a lot of hate, a lot of fucking hate. Like people, you guys know, you guys both got YouTube channels and shit and you know the hate you get that those people wouldn't say anything in real life. So there's a lot of opinions that get passed over the internet that shouldn't even exist. People shouldn't even see those opinions because if you don't got enough fucking balls to speak your opinion, you shouldn't even have fucking opinion as far as I'm concerned. Like, Seriously, because yeah. normally, and that causes a lot of problems, right? That causes a lot of problems where people are sociopaths now and they just don't, no one cares about anybody anymore. Which in the old days, like, fuck, you get in a fight with that guy at the bar and you'd be buddies with him afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know? people aren't getting stuff out physically as much as they used to. They're maybe mentally, right? But not not physically. They might type something and it might feel better because they like wrote something, but then they don't have to deal with any consequences, especially if they said something rude or something like that. But then the, the funny part is, you know how much stress that causes? When they, <laughs> like, oh, oh, fuck. I, I remember this one guy, this one guy, I won't say his name, but your brother knows who he is. He was hating on me as this fitness fucking guru fucking dipshit. And <laughs> he, ran his mouth about, he ran his mouth about me, right? And fuck, I got like a big, my following is like such a cult-like following that he ran his mouth about me and they like just attacked the fuck out of his fucking Instagram. And I like, and I checked it like maybe every three days just to see the sideshow happening. And this guy was commenting on every fucking thing. And there was just hate. And I know for a fact, cause I've been down that road that he lost sleep for a week. That's right. Like that's not good. That's not good. Literally that commenting and trolling, Made him lose sleep for a fucking week because I seen the times that he was posting. It was all day long. <laughs> and it was just unbelievable. And it's really upsetting because that's the problem. You'll you'll troll somebody and then they're angry. And then they leave their house angry. And then they're out on the in their car driving. 
and they're angry in traffic now because they just got trolled to be fucked on the internet. And like, it's, it leads to some real bad shit, right? Mm -hmm. Cause you're just always that, that anxiety caused by getting in the stupid little debates over the internet. Right. And that's probably one of my superpowers you could say is I handle hate very well. It's a like, big I difference. Kind of uh, in fact, I, I chase hate. In this it's sense. a, well, it's a big difference too, <laughs> though. When it, when it happens in person, it's like it, it either happens or, or it doesn't and it's over. And you don't really think about it. Or you might be like, hey, remember that one guy who was an asshole at the bar? And, like, you either got into a fight with him or didn't, right? Yeah. When it comes to, like, the internet, this stuff, it, it lingers for a long time. Then other people get involved because other people start talking. But if you and I squared off in a bar and we were mad at each other, yeah. everyone else would probably kind of clear clear out of the way. No one else would probably really say anything. And be like, these guys are insane. And I don't know what's going on. You know what, I want no part funny? of it. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you a really good example of that. That sign I had out on the street, I had some people come up. Uh, There's a few women that were hating. Honestly, the the only fat girls that approached me actually wanted to know who I was. It was actually some middle-aged, maybe 40-year-old. One woman was kind of fucking bitching at me. But I actually had the most issue with the fucking white knights and cucks that showed up. Yeah. <laughs> this, one, this one guy... And he's a pretty big dude because I got this sign and I just got my buddy with me and he's, he's pretty young. And I'm like, fuck, this guy's actually pretty big. He might try to take a poke at me or some shit, right? <laughs> so, but the funny part was, is the actual interaction that happened on the street. Well, it was pretty crazy. I was getting fingered and shit, and, but it wasn't really that crazy. I was only out there for like 27 minutes. But what became of it on the internet was fucking insane. Like people didn't, people were talking so tough on the internet. Like, you know, like I was getting death threats and shit. Like these people wouldn't do fucking shit in real life. And that's the difference, right? That's the difference. I was out on the street. Like I remember one girl shared that picture and it like, oh, I think it's got like 160,000 shares or some shit. Mm. And it was all, all these women like, ah, if I seen this guy, I'd punch him in the face. And same with the, the men. And I'm like, well, fuck, I was out on the street and the way it looks to me, almost everybody wants to punch me in the face. And I didn't have one person try to punch me in the fucking face when I was out there at the side. Did anybody, <laughs> did anybody say, Hey, like, I think that's really rude. Like, what's this about? Did anybody just oh, kind of yeah, confront yeah. you flat out? Yeah. And then I basically discussed it. Right. I said, I'm bringing awareness to the obesity epidemic. And then obviously it said women. And I did that for a reason, because if you say people, then it's like, you know, it's not going to trigger the issue. And I have the biggest problem with the women mm. because here's the difference between back to your question way back with women and men. The problem is with this feminist movement and shit is that a fat man, if I call him a fat pig, he'll be like, yeah, I know. He'll be like fucking Eeyore, you know, and be like, I know. And, but the woman, like now I got my hardcore followers, right? But the general population of fat women right now, they'll fucking get so fucking offended because they're entitled as fuck. And God forbid you call a woman a fat pig. And that's what I do. I attack the, because that gets more publicity. And end of the day, I just want as much publicity as possible because that's going to help me any way I can get my name out there to people to start fasting. That's the goal, right? So I'm not going to say, Oh, you know, fat people are gross because then it, it kind of puts a lot of it takes away from the women, which they wouldn't. I would never have got that kind of, of a result if I would have put men on the board. Nobody gives a fuck. Fat men, 
The consensus is that they are gross. Yeah. The consensus is that they are fucking gross. Fat fucking women are beautiful. Don't you know? <laughs> Fuck, they got their fucking fat women are beautiful fucking protests. Deep down, they're, they're fucking, they are disgusted with themselves. But God forbid, like, you know, that's the fucking problem we have. And that's why this has gotten so bad. And now, if you actually look at some stats, women are way fatter than men. They are, yeah. Way fatter. I didn't know. It's that. like you're yeah. talking. Well, what's not weird? Even fucking close. Yeah, what's weird about that is uh, women are way fatter than men, but we're not even talking body fat percentage wise. But they they are becoming more obese than men. But the weird thing about it is women are less affected uh, from a health perspective. That's that's still pretty crazy. I think you know maybe why, men though? have more you stress and things like that. The stress, because here's the thing: the fat man. Like he is like the fucking low. He's like, if you look on the totem pole of social status, the fat man's going to be down there and he's going to have a lot of stress. Like he's not going to get laid shit. Okay. He's going to be like an outcast where the woman, that fat woman can still fucking get some dick. Like seriously, <laughs> fat women can still get laid. Some guy is going to fuck that fat bitch. Okay. And that's the, and so, and then the, and then also because men do, tend to hold emotions in because that's what a man is supposed to be like stone. So that's still, that's still the way it's looked upon. And then women will like let their emotions out. Right. So that's a big, but the suicide rate, if you look back to what you said about the life, the suicide rate amongst men in the older categories through the fucking roof, the suicide rate amongst women as they get out of their teens is like next to nothing. Women's suicide rate in their early teens and they're young, right. When they, like you can blame fucking internet for this too, Instagram, all this shit, right? Um, the suicide rate is extremely high with women when they're young, but then as they get through that, then it drops off. Where men actually start facing more stress because men gotta like, you know, they they're working that job, trying to grind their ass, trying to grind through, right? Where women are fucking supported by the fucking state. Fat single moms are supported like so much by the state where the men aren't okay and and you know it sucks and that's the way the cycle is going and that's why you got all like on a whole nother conversation that's why you got these massive fucking movements with men where they're walking away from women altogether which is really upsetting because it's just completely fucking the family structure and these kids are weak and these kids are weak as fuck now weak as fuck because a woman on her own cannot raise a fucking strong kid it's uh, very rare it's rare it's rare okay where if there's no male role model in there it's the kid's gonna be fucking the whim okay and that's why you got men that are fucking you know we can get into the transgender shit and fucking all this crap and you know like with the fucking sports with the powerlifting and all this like it's crazy what the world is becoming and people just are turning a fucking blind eye it's unbelievable is there a difference when it comes to weight loss with between men and women like you know sometimes you'll hear women uh they'll just they'll kind of complain they'll be like it's way harder for a woman have what's been your experience with some of that so one thing is that women definitely will eat because they're emotional okay women are fucking emotionally unstable as fuck and they'll <laughs> eat to cover that up where men they'll get more it's more of a depression thing with men it's not just and it's also the kinds of food like women need that like huge dopamine hit. So when they fuck up, it's like cake, you know? But when a guy fucks up, it's like usually gonna be like something more like pizza and beer. Like he 
usually you won't just wolf down cake. Like women will always go towards sweets as well, which really fuck your dopamine sensory up. But you know, it's that it's as far as losing weight, the bigger person's usually going to lose weight faster. Like the one person with more muscle. So a guy will lose weight a bit faster for sure. If everything's equal. Right. But as far as the whining goes, you know, that's women just, that's because their fucking husbands aren't telling them they're fucking fat. You know, it comes back to, they need a kick in the ass because they are just, nobody's telling women to lose weight. What about, meta, what about like, like menopause? Like, like what about like menopause and like birth control pills? Do you feel like that's kind of uh, yeah, so bullshit got, too, or is there or control, holding on to weight because fucks, of that? Yeah. So birth control fucks you up. Mm. Okay. Like I've, I've had results with women where they're holding a lot of water and their, their hormones are all fucked up. Birth control is trash. Um, and then obviously it's actually very interesting with menopause that, and like, I, I get hardcore with the birth control. You know, I tell the young girls, like, what about birth control? I'm like, well, keep the cocks out of your pussy and stop being a whore because a lot of them are just fucking, well, a lot of them are just banging randoms. They're not in a relationship. That's what's happening now. These young girls that got high sexual marketplace value are fucking guys like crazy until they hit the wall at 30 years old. Hey, what's wrong with that? (laughs) (laughs) Spread it around a little bit, you know? Well, you know what I'm saying, though, because it's like basically a lot of the part with the birth control, they're all on it, right? And they, yeah. God forbid, they don't want to wear condoms, you know? So there's that. But um, what was the rest of your question you had there? <laughs> uh, just me- about like menop- menopause too. Like is that? Oh, yeah. A- yeah. So the menopause, that's actually very interesting. I've had women that went through, like started going through their change of life, like menopause. And I got them fasting and they fucking started having their period again. Whoa. Like, because here's the other issue women are like, like it's like they're fucking 60 years old when they're only 30 because they're so fucking fat and the hormones are so fucked up that when they start fasting and losing weight, all of a sudden they're like, they're they start ovulating again. I've actually had this happen on multiple occasions. This one woman got pregnant and her and her, she was like past her prime in our like eyes. Like she was getting pretty old and then she got knocked up and they fucking been having sex. Like I'm protected for like 10 years. <laughs> And then wow. she got knocked up. It was unfucking real. And like, and because like, here's the thing about the women nowadays, they're almost, it's getting to the point where they don't even have a prime because they're literally fat right from childhood all the way up. So it's not like they looked like, a, like had a, you know, a really good body and were healthy when they were like 16. They never had nothing like the 16 to 20 years old or 24. They were fat the whole way. Right. So there's no prime. It's un, like you, you take a good hard look next time you're out after us having this talk. And I go to this one rec center where I live and it's kind of a lower brow area in the city. And I go there sometimes and like that's where most of the fattest women go. If you catch them, it's harder to catch these real fat ones in public. But like when we're talking about who's fatter, like you'll see a lot of guys with their beer belly and shit, you know, and like, yeah, they're fat. And they're out of shape. <laughs> But I'm talking these women are five foot four, like 350 fucking pounds. Like I'm talking that the fat guy that's 300, 350, even 400. Okay. I have a buddy that's 400 pounds. He still goes to work and actually like he doesn't have a real active job, but he can get in a truck and go to work and go out in the bush and like check his pipelines and shit Mm -hmm. and operate where a woman 
When she gets that fucking heavy, she's fucking like Jabba the Hutt. She's not moving. That's the difference. A woman can't even fucking move when they get so fat. Like, even look at the people on that show, uh, My 600-Pound Life. It's all women, okay? And they can't move. They can't. Like, a, a men are stronger, okay? It, it takes a guy to get real fucking fat to where he's that fuck where he can't move. Like, these women, when you get to be 350 pounds and you're like that, like, you can't move. Your, your quality of life just went to, the, went to shit. You see what I'm saying? That's mm-hmm. how fat the women are getting. It's un, like it's just fuck unreal. You go out in public, it's just unbelievable, unbelievable. Like where you guys live is worse than where I live. Yeah, people just like, eat way know, too fucking much for sure. Yeah, like the girl I'm helping, like she's 500. She's a pretty big girl. Like she's 5'9", right? Uh, and she, she said she'd go to Walmart where she lives in Houston. And you're talking like common to see 500-pound women. Like they're like I call them fat I'd call them fat pigs in a cart, you know, because they got those little electric carts and they're ripping around. <laughs> and of course they're at Walmart right. because the fucking food there's dirt cheap. And they're just, it's, 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 it's pretty upsetting when I see a woman at this one buffet, I would go there myself because I was eating like a meal a day and I was, it was cheap. Mm. So I'd go to this buffet and it was good food, but this one woman would come in there like once, like probably twice a week. And I'm not even fucking kidding you. She had a coughing fit the last time I was in there. And I, and they were looking at her and she's probably four and change for sure. And she's, it's sad to see the way she was eating. She heaped that fucking food up like crazy and she's got desserts right on like, and it's like she was eating like suicidal eating. It was literally like she was eating to commit suicide. I could see in her eyes, like she was so upset about it, but she's eating like she's trying to kill herself with fucking food. It's unfucking believable. You know, I'm curious, Colt, um, to sidestep a little bit, because a lot of us talk about fasting um, and you do a ton of different types of fasting. But what do you think are some things that people are getting wrong, heavy or like in shape individuals are getting wrong as far as fasting is concerned? Because I've seen like on your videos, you're like, you don't you don't mess with coffee while fasting. I'm here chugging coffee because it helps be, you know, helps my appetite. So so that's point. That's a good point. We could talk about some of that stuff. So coffee, let's just bring that up. So from my experience with the long fast, I've always had problems. You know how bad it is. Like I'm against stimulants altogether. Mm. But you know how you know how bad it is when you go through a three-day fast and you're having crazy fucking coffee withdrawals. So you know what I mean? Just on that alone. It's like, well, this shit can't be that great if I'm having these kinds of side effects from cutting it out of my life. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, um, now you are quite active and that's going to obviously help you a lot as far as gut health but when you got people that are sedentary and they're pounding coffee like and a lot of coffee and the sugar on top of it i have so many problems with people when they get to about 40 years old that have fucked up stomach and gut microbiome from coffee because if you do if you do some reading like and you know what i i with me it's always the result and the uh, the stories that come first reading second okay i'm always about that like if i'm going to do an experiment i won't go on the internet and read the science behind it and be like, Oh, will this kill me or not? I'll go for some real world proof. I'll be like, okay, this guy did a seven, eight drive fast. He didn't die. So then I'll try it. I'm not going to go do all my research and see all the shit that says it'll kill you mm. because you know, if you, you want to find something that's good about coffee, you'll find it. You yeah. want to find something that's bad. You'll find it. But from my experience helping people and now I know about coffee, it was always, if they had bad digestion, and I ran into this probably a lot with women around 40. 
and they couldn't break food down very well. And they were always coffee addicts all like every time coffee and antibiotics. And then also, so it, it fucks up your HCL levels, right? Like your, your hydrochloric acid levels in your gut. Cause coffee, if you're drinking it quite a bit, it's, it's so acidic in itself that it's kind of like a guy that takes testosterone. You know, if you're taking an exogenous testosterone, do you think your balls are going to produce tests? No, they're going to stop just like anything. It's like you're bringing something in from the outside. Your body naturally will drop the levels. So coffee is quite acidic. And if you're drinking a fair amount of volume and it's not like you're drinking like a glass of apple cider vinegar, because I've had people come at me with that. It's like, well, apple cider vinegar is acidic. Yeah. Well, you're not drinking a fucking glass of apple cider vinegar, <laughs> yeah. you know? So it'll fuck your HCL levels up. And then also it'll fuck with your REM sleep because it will raise your cortisol. There's no way around it. So now like, and then it, when I got into hormesis and started learning about hormesis, because you know, all these people, we can get into some, like, I don't like going too much into talking about specific like food routines. All I can tell you is that veganism is fucking retarded, but I don't like to get into like, you know, because you got your carnivores, you got keto people, you got like, I've used all the formats depending on what I'm trying to do with somebody. And I have used carnivore for that exact reason, because if people had bad stomach problems, one thing is that when you go straight meat, your body won't have too many issues trying to break shit down. But then I don't just keep them on straight meat forever either. Uh, they got, I got them on straight meat to start with. And then I start to incorporate like microscopic amounts of vegetables and fruit in. So they develop a tolerance to it again. Cause end of the day, that hormetic effect, you know, from some, from plant toxins in moderation, like a low amount, it's going to create a positive benefit. And this is the same old story. What doesn't hurt you or what doesn't kill you will only make you stronger to a point. That's true. So like, uh, you can make the argument with coffee, but I did some research and we're talking like eating like two coffee beans a day, right? But yeah, like, so it's like such a small amount to get that benefit from the plant toxins in the coffee. Mm. But like, we're not talking drinking coffee, right? Now, I'll tell you right now, if you cut the coffee and you beat those withdrawals and you're, because I've had so many women tell me, fuck, but I sleep so much better after I beat that coffee addiction. And then they actually felt better and they didn't need the coffee anymore and it's hard it's going to be like a fear you would have to face because a lot of times i've done it so i drank two cups of black coffee for two months straight when i was doing strict keto because that's how i came up because this is when i was fucking around with keto and you know all the keto people are all coffee addicts right i think they use it too to fucking so they can take a shit because sometimes they get so plugged up from their fucking strict keto routine right but i did two cups of black coffee basically in the morning little cups, like not a cup, like those little styrofoam cups. Mm -hmm. And then I would train right after basically. And then I'd eat this meal about five, six a night. And it was strict keto. And I did this for a couple months. And all that coffee really did to me is that it fucked up my energy where it, it took the smoothness out of my energy and it kind of, and it, and I got an addiction and you know what was happening? You know, the fucking thing that I started to miss going to the coffee shop, kind of having that in my day, going and get my fucking coffee and sipping it. Yeah. Like, oh, this has got to be good for me, you know? And a lot of times it's just habit trying to cut something like that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like, no, like when you say no coffee, is it also even teas too that have a little bit less caffeine? So, you're, you don't. Yeah. So I try to get people to completely pull stimulants. Gotcha. So like 
Yeah, like because I used to drink a pile of green tea as well. Mm. And a lot of times it'll act like a diuretic as well, right? So, you know, if you're trying to stay somewhat hydrated and do some activity on like a snake juice fast, I don't want people to be pulling water if they're like being super active. But then mind you, now if they're dry fasting, it's a whole nother story. But I the mainly the caffeine, like that stimulant from the caffeine, it, it definitely increases cortisol. So there's that. And then the stomach and even decaf coffee fucks up the hcl levels in your gut oh. yeah even decaf actually fucks up the funny, HCL the funny thing about coffee is um it's it's such a habit you know it's it's not even so yeah. much the actual flavor of it like i i think when people first drink coffee i mean there's a reason why they kids like- will they're gonna spit it out across the room you know like doesn't doesn't taste like yeah. chocolate milk mm-hmm. like it doesn't really taste that good you got to do a lot of stuff to try to make it taste yeah. good um what well, i found i used to do is like one thing where I'm at now, I'd always chase like discomfort with food too. So like, you know, we're talking like hot peppers and shit. Excellent for you, right? Like capsaicin's amazing for you. And like anything that's strong, like garlic and, and all that strong shit, I, I like gravitate towards those strong foods. So coffee's kind of got that kind of strength to it a little bit, but it's not the same though, because you never really get used to eating a hot pepper, but coffee is starting to get used to. And then it, it's, it's almost like booze. You know how people are like, oh, that was a tasty drink. That was, it's not that it, if you were a little kid, you would be like, that's gross. You don't like the taste of alcohol. <laughs> right. But it's because there's the other part that goes along with it. And that's the stimulating factor. It's like when you get the drink in your hand, it's like the punch the alcohol gives you is why you like think it's going to be good because you're getting like this hit from it. Just like how you get a hit from co- from that cup of coffee, you know? That goes along with it, in mm. a sense, if that makes any sense. It does. What are some things uh, that people are listening to this podcast right now can have as like a take-home? Like, let's just say somebody just wants to like tighten up a little bit, be in a little bit better shape. They exercise uh, pretty frequently already. What's something that you would suggest to them that they could you know implement right away? The most simplest thing would be pull carbs unless you need them and keep your eating window as tight as you can. And if, and basically um, stick to just the one meal and unless you're super ripped and super athletic, then you could maybe go to two. As far as I'm concerned, there's really not a time where you'd need to eat more than twice. And that's a guy like you or maybe this guy here. And if you're super, I never did get your name <laughs> in SEMA. And SEMA. Yeah. Yeah, I seen you on the YouTube video a couple times, like deadlifting and shit, and I recognized you. I'm like, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> you were deadlifting with, uh, what's his name? Dr. My- deadlift there the one time. Oh, uh, Kaylee. Yeah, he was showing you those cheat rows because I actually started doing them a little bit. Yeah, he's he's a monster. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm curious. So anyway, oh, so, go on. Yeah, if you're leaner, like, you know, two meals a day, one meal, like, obviously in that tight window, if you're ripped, like, you know, if you're or super athletic. But other than that, the average person that's watching this, you're trying to lose weight and you're trying to just cut that last 10 pounds, go start, ignore what I just said. First off, do a 72 hour fast right off the bat, right off the bat, like gun to your head, face your fear of fasting. Okay. And then after you've done the 72 hours, I don't give a shit how lean you are even 72 hours. Like there's a gun to your head. And then after that, you can design a fasting routine that'll fit you nicely. 
but just get through the 72 so then you have no fear of fasting longer periods. It's almost like having a weapon in your arsenal. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I got this 72-hour fast in my arsenal. So if I go on a vacation in Hawaii and fuck up for three days and gain five pounds, I know I can just do this 72-hour fast and recover. And utilize snake juice during that? Yeah. Yeah. So that'd be either a snake juice fast or a dry fast. Got it. Because sometimes I do get, sometimes people, if they want to be a little hardcore, I'll get them to do a dry fast right out of the gate because then they're killing two birds with one stone. Then they, they know they can go three days without food and they can go three days without water. <laughs> like awesome. people still think that going three days without water will kill you. It's fucking such a, it's such bullshit. Like I, I want, I haven't really talked about this a whole bunch on my YouTube channel, but literally uh, there's a lot of people that are water addicts. We're never supposed to sip water all day. You look at a lion or you look at any animal in the wild, they don't have fucking bottles of water sitting there all day. <laughs> what, they, what they would do, and, and this is funny because it goes back to staying lean. When you drink water, drink a big drink of water. But now if you're drinking the snake juice, you can't do that because you'll get the shits. So obviously this is when you're leaner, when you can cut the snake juice back to fuck off. Right? Mm. But end of the day, once you're ripped and you're going to drink a glass of like water, take a big drink of water and then push the dry fast for a, a good maybe even six hours. Now around your workouts, drink your water, but outside of the workout, take big gaps between water. You'll burn more body fat. I swear. it. And then you, and then when you take a drink of water, take a big drink. Okay. Don't drink water. And same with the food, same idea, right? Once you're lean, don't snack all day. When you eat your meal, eat a good size fucking meal. We were never meant to have like a belly full of a six, like a six full. Like who fills their who fills their car up a sixth of a fucking tank? You know, you fill up the whole fucking way, and then you go drive like a thousand k with it. You don't just fill it up a sixth and drive like you know one hundred and twenty five clicks. Yeah, you feel right? like you feel like fasting without water uh, helps burn fat faster. Yeah, for sure. Dry fat. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It, it, especially as you get water adapted, it's crazy. Here's an example, like from this is proof. So. I was doing a routine for a while where I was literally dry fasting all day. And my nighttime meal was meat and fruit. And I was watching the calories like a hawk. And I was literally eating as much fruit as I could eat. Like it was like, it was like way up there. And as soon as I went off the dry fasting protocol and started drinking like just drinking some water because I didn't really need any snake juice, right? Because I was on a meal a day and I was just salting the shit out of my meal and getting a lot of potassium from the food. Mm. So at that point, when you're lean, you hardly even need any salt water, right? But if you're going to train real hard, it's good to have some salt water there regardless. But so anyway, I went to drinking water and I started gaining weight on the exact same fucking meal. And I've seen this happen like with lots of, I've done this routine a few times with some different macros. And that is how good dry fasting works. It puts you into a state of autophagy and it puts you into ketosis quicker. It's actually, it's, 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 it's substantial difference. So if you're doing that, if you pull water, like you will definitely stay leaner. And you know, what's funny. I was, I always think about like these extremes, like the lions and shit. And I know we're not lions, but it's funny because lions are extreme. Like they'll eat like some of the male lions will eat a hundred pounds of meat <laughs> sitting a hundred fucking pounds and they'll just sit on their ass for like three days. And once they get somewhat digested, they'll start trying to go on the hunt again. Right. And as they get more and more fasted to the point they're starving to death, they might even get brave enough to try to take down a hippopotamus if they can't find food and they'll, 
shit fucked up by the hippopotamus. <laughs> but the water was the same. The fucking lions, they ain't slurping water all day. They're not around it all the time. You know, they get a lot of blood from the animal, but then when they do have a drink, it's a big drink. It's a really big drink. And dry fasting is amazing for your skin. It's going to drop your inflammation. Same with fasting in general, just on the salt water. But the, the dry fasting is going to drop your inflammation down to nothing. Like I had a guy recently that had such bad neuropathy in his foot that he would have definitely had his foot fucking chopped off and probably inside of two months. And it's, I got it on my Facebook page and the, the results on my snake diet, uh, Facebook, actual, my actual snake diet page, not my snake diet motivation group. That's the group where people put all the pictures and stuff. I'm talking my actual snake diet page. It's up there if you go read it. But this guy, basically his foot was fucked and he goes into the hospital and they're like, gonna do surgery on it. Like, how do you even do any, you can't do nothing. It's the whole foot was fucked. And there's like a couple massive infections. So they did put him on antibiotics right away. And then they realized it wasn't doing anything. He told me that this ain't gonna do shit. And then they made him sign. So then they're like, well, we're gonna do surgery. And then he's, they made him sign this waiver and he's like, he turned it down, right? And then he got a hold of me. Like literally he was gonna have his foot chopped open and he got a hold of me and I'm like, start a fucking dry fast right now. And he went home and he started this dry fast and he went eight days, no water. And you'll be blown away when you see what his foot did. It went from like just a disgusting balloon to like looking like a normal colored foot. Like you gotta mm. see it, it's unreal. And now he's still been sending me pictures. And like his blood sugar was through the roof for years, right? So you. But said it was crazy how, you know, like that dry fast. When you dry fast, it's impossible to have inflammation when you pull water. Mm. You can only have inflammation in your body when there's still fluid there. So as soon as you start pulling water, there's not going to be any inflammation. It's impossible. As soon as you you can't be inflamed without water, right? And yeah, it's, it was just I, there, that was the second one I actually helped. Another girl had an had a. Uh, an infection on her like ass cheek that got a hold of me way back and it got really bad where it started running down her leg this infection and like she thought it was an ingrown hair and it was something else and she got a hold of me and it was nasty as fuck and I and after a three-day dry fast it was basically completely gone and like the doctors were going to put her on antibiotics and then she turned them down right because she already had some stomach issues she's like I don't want to fucking go on antibiotics and the same with this guy so of course that was in the write-up. So people right away were like, well, he was on antibiotics. Well, he was, they gave him the antibiotics for like no time. And antibiotics won't fucking do that. If it did, people wouldn't be getting their foots chopped off mm. because it's actually common. And you know, you don't see it because people are usually shut-ins when they lose a limb because it's fucking freakish, right? But my buddy's uncle had his foot and his hand chopped off before he died from the, di the neuropathy from the high blood sugar. So yeah, this guy that dry fasting was pretty amazing. And uh, little doctors even said like this antibiotics isn't doing shit. And then they were going to give him surgery and he turned down the surgery, got a hold of me. And yeah, check it out. You'll be fucking blown away. It with, blew me away even how fast it actually worked. It was unreal. With some of these longer fasts and with dry fasting, uh, do you still recommend exercise be part of it? Yeah. So it, it depends. How, you got to go by feel, right? Like, you know, I've done routines where I literally ate every second day and went two days dry and I trained both days, but there was no hard cardio. It was just like, you know, a regular powerlifting program. Like it was, it was 
because I was on a bit of a cut. So it was like nothing that was till failure. And that worked well. But if somebody is doing some, like a lot of activity, I'll tell them to drink salt water. There's not really any, like, but that being said, on my off day, like today, I'm still dry today. Other, I had to have a couple sips of this uh, baking soda just for my voice, but I'm, I haven't drank really anything, maybe a half ounce of water. Mm. But like I went and biked like 60K the other day dry. Like I got on my pedal bike and just went downtown and biked all over Edmonton. I, it was probably about 60K and I was completely dry. And I went to the sauna and I probably, I, I was in there for a half hour and I was, and then I came home, had that nap because I was taxed. And I woke up because my body started to recover from that water deficit. And I woke up, felt like a million bucks. And that was, that's a, like, like the easy cardio. Yeah. The intense shit, like when you're doing those sled pushes, push it, like, you know, push it, see what happens. Right. Like, you know, you'd have to, you have to be like smart about it. If you feel like you're completely taxed and you're somewhat dry, but like, you know, 48 hour dry fast is going to, you know, you'll start getting taxed probably at the end of the end of the 48 right at the end. If you're as lean as you two guys now, a fat person, a whole nother story. As far as like diseases are concerned, I've heard you talk a bit about like people with cancer and other type of diseases yeah. that you've, 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 I guess, helped out. What have you noticed yeah. with this fasting so, along with that? Yeah. So with cancer, like this is a, like, so this, this is interesting topic. Like as soon as you start, like if they got tumors, like I've had people with, uh, um, shit. Uh, well, the one girl came here, like she had a breast tumor and like literally these tumors are shrinking. I've had, people with all sorts of tumors even that they technically didn't call them cancerous even Mm -hmm. and they just they just shrink because the main thing is is um it's like if you give your body if you if your body supports the cancer growing like people don't understand what the fuck cancer even is it's essentially um mutated cells that your body's producing all the time but when you're healthy and you got a decent immune system your body just basically suicides those cells or kills them right but as you get older and you haven't fasted a day in your life you're eating crazy amounts of sugar and you have crazy high cortisol from your fucking stressful lifestyle you've basically been brainwashed into living your whole life your immune system starts to turn to shit and then those mutated cells will start to accumulate and then you'll get a tumor but what happens that's your body supporting it if you put your body in a situation where it won't support the growth of the cancer, it'll go back the other way because cancer cells are actually very weak and your body will just start killing the cancer. Like I've had, I had one, I had a guy, I want this testimony got the paperwork, a girl that I know in my home city here, her dad, basically he had fucking a tumor in his prostate and he beat it. It was gone. It was fucking gone in a month. He started some hard dry fasting and he literally went and they did, they did another, they fucking told, did a biopsy and shit. And they're like, what the fuck? It was gone. And he had the prostate cancer for quite some time. Cool. You know, it's, it's not, it's not magic, right? That, that's the thing. A lot of people are so brainwashed because the cancer industry makes like billions upon billions of fucking dollars on radiation. You got radiation, you got surgery. Um, what, what's the other one? radiation surgery and um usually there's the two three main ways of dealing with it and those cost a lot of money you know and chemo and like chemo fucking kill you like this is where people are ridiculous like they they don't understand that with cancer if you're taking chemo either you're gonna die 
it'll kill the cancer, but it kills every other fucking cell in your body. And the other thing, if you, if anybody watching this is on chemo fast, like that's one of the main things that they're showing you should be, if you're on, if you're even considering chemo because you're not, you're too chicken shit to just fast without the chemo fast because it'll make your immune system stronger. So you're not going to die from the fucking chemo. Right. But I had another guy that I, there's a lot of uh, evidence. I just want to, I want to hop in for just a second. There's a lot of evidence on this as well, that uh, ketogenic diets, fasting uh, can really help with certain types of cancer. They've people are believing now more than they ever have before that cancer can be a metabolic disease, just like diabetes. Um, But it may not cure, you know, all types of cancer. It may help. So that's where we're at with that. (laughs) Yeah. So the other thing, is like you know just when we're talking about the the uh, resilience factor of like the food when we're talking about that like your your body's obviously going to be stronger and more resilient if if you if it can handle different toxins as well right for mm-hmm. fighting these these issues but end of the day like basically every single person in my family has died from fucking cancer like mo- like my both my grandmas at 52 years old and i don't say i this is what i it's like you don't get cancer. Okay. You fucking earn it. And there's always something. If you go back in somebody's life, you can, you can see what, how it happened. Maybe with the Same exception of kids. Years. What's that? The exception would be children. Well, but even then, but even then they don't earn it. They don't earn it, but usually there's something it's usually there. They were born with the weak immune system in the beginning. Right. right. So you'll have a kid that was just had a very weak immune system. Maybe it was like a pre like an early, you know, like a. Oh, <laughs> got the snake diet symbol going there. That's pretty sick. There he comes. Oh, we, we lost you there you for a second. Yep. Yeah. So basically, like you know, that usually the kid was weak when they were born, right? Maybe it was a premature birth and such. But I noticed this with autoimmune issues, like type one diabetes. It's un- like I've actually had multiple people reverse type one, type one, not type two, type mm-hmm. one, because. The real problem is a lot of the, a lot of the uh, diagnosis are a crock of shit because people go into the, if you know, like I could get into this a little bit about type one, usually it's always some sort of trauma that causes every autoimmune issue, whether it's MS, type one diabetes, any autoimmune problem, it's some sort of trauma that maybe you got really sick when you're a kid or even going through a divorce, anything. And then if you don't like fasting combined with the low sugar diet will like reverse these hormone problems. It's always a hormone issue. And then these people will end up in the hospital with high blood sugar because their pancreas is getting attacked for like say three or four years Mm. and the beta cells would get attacked and they disappear. So you're not producing enough insulin. And then right away the system says, Oh, you're a type one. Let's put you on insulin. And then the insulin just pretty much destroys any insulin production you still had. Where if you just started fasting and you went on a zero carb eating routine, your your body's extremely resilient. This is the biggest problem. People think that they're weak little bitches. Your body is tough as nails. Like if you give it the opportunity, it will heal. You know, and and you know just even so. Then what happens is they put them on the insulin and then they completely fuck their pancreas because they don't got to produce any insulin when they're on a bunch of insulin. Then they're still eating the same bullshit diet. And it just goes completely south from there. And then you end up with the crazy sugar issues. And then they're always yo-yoing their blood sugars in there. And also the system tells them that a blood sugar of like six and seven 
is like good, right? Where a good, a good blood sugar level, you're going to be under five when you're fasted, you know, and if you're in ketosis, you're going to be in the threes. That's, that's what it should be. But now the ranges are up so high because where do you think they're getting these ranges from the regular general public, the general public's unhealthy as fuck. If you're going to get a proper range, get it from somebody that's actually healthy and, and, you know, leading a fasting focused lifestyle, then then you'll see what it should be. Right. Like that, these blood sugar numbers are bullshit. They'll be like, there's diabetics, like even type two, type two is really nothing. Type two is just being fat and having a fatty liver from eating too much sugar and not fasting. Like you can reverse that like, not like very easily. Right. Type one is a little bit different, but these people are so brainwashed that, Oh, my doctor said my blood sugar is okay at six. Like, fuck, you're, you're way high at six. You know, it, like, here's what my blood sugar does. Right now, sitting here, I'm going to be in the threes because I haven't, I ate low carb yesterday and I haven't ate nothing. I'm dry all day. I'll be probably sitting at about 3.6. If I ate a bucket of ice cream right now and you gave me two hours, probably inside of an hour for me, because my body react, or my body will recover so good from that sugar hit that my blood sugar will get up to like 10, like millimoles per liter. I don't know if you know blood sugar numbers. 10 would be equal to like 200 in the other units. Mm. And it would come back down to like probably about 4.4 within an hour. Now that is how you can tell that somebody has blood sugar and, and liver problems because if they take a sugar load and their sugar goes way up, it won't recover. Mm. So even when I get people fasting with type two, just because you basically clear all the sugar out of their system doesn't mean you've solved the problem completely yet. They got to stay down there and, and the liver's got to heal and get insulin sensitive again. Right. So, but you can always tell if you give them a sugar load, if it, if the sugar blood sugar recovers after like an hour back to a proper uh, blood sugar number, then you know that now they're, they're healthy again, but that could just come right back. It's not like you've cured type two. It's just, if you, if you eat like a fat pig, like I said, it's just being fat. It's not like a disease per se. You just, you know, you go down that road again. Like uh, any of us could just have to, I could just get fat and get type two myself in a year. I just got to eat like shit and then I'll reverse it. And I'll go backwards and by eating, you know, fasting and eating low carb. And then I'll be right back to the way I'm sitting here right now talking. You know, that's where people are so brainwashed and they're spending the amount of money that the system makes on these diabetes meds is fucking mind boggling. Like, you know, that's, it's crazy. Like these, this insulin, all the insulin that gets sold is just unbelievable, man. Um, I want to kind of go in the opposite direction here because when we've like, when I started doing fasting or time restricted feeding and only eating one meal a day or two meals a day, um, yeah, yeah, I dropped some weight, but I found that my food habits were just so much better. Like nowadays I don't have like you know, consistently eating through the day. I don't have the cravings I used to have or the voracious appetite I used to have. It's just a much better habitual way of eating. But when a guy comes into this or, or any type of athlete comes into this and they want to actually grow, right? They want to, they want to be able to gain muscle. They want to be able to put on some, some weight. Yeah. yeah. How can, how would you have them take this lifestyle of good eating good habits question. and build with that? Do you know how sumo wrestlers eat? No. They train fasted every morning for three hours. Then the biggest sumo wrestlers were literally 10,000 calories with a chanko soup. Then they'll have a four hour nap. They'll get up and basically do a little bit of stuff in their day and do the same thing. They're eating on an eight hour window and they're fucking in there. And they're, that's their goal is to get fat basically. Right. And they're eating crazy amounts of carbs and that's, so that's how you do it. Like, so essentially you're trying to bulk. Uh, I feel a good bulk. There's a few ways to do it, but I like bulking 
where you do train fasted and then you'd eat all the food after the workout because then you know you know you're not gonna have any risk of hernias and shit because you don't have like a massive amount of food in your system during your training mm-hmm. and you got you're at such a surplus that the next day you're gonna have crazy amounts of energy for that workout so that's that's probably one of the number one ways i tell people to bulk would be just eating a a, a shitload of food after the workout and then just training fasted or you know have a small meal before the workout maybe like some oranges or something a little bit of salt or you know just a small one and then do your workout and eat all the food afterwards and that's it that's how you'd bulk just the same you know it's easy it's like you don't have to you don't have the meal prep you don't have to do fuck all i just you know you train like a horse and go to the local buffet and chow down like i had right like it's it's very balkans easy and i can gain weight like i did that one experiment where I got fat just so I could fast for 15 days straight. I started at 170 and I got up to 206 and 35 about, uh, it was about six weeks. And I, my routine looked just like this. It start. I tried to do it on a meal, a, on, on a meal a day at first. So, cause I could eat a lot in the sitting. So I trained fast and I just go eat a crazy amount of food. And then it's like, okay, I got to about 190 pounds and it's really interesting how, when you're eating a meal a day, like one meal in an hour, even if it's like, like it's um, even in an hour, if, even if it was like 4,500 or 5,000 calories, it's like once I got up to about 190 pounds, I couldn't gain any weight. So then I had to open up the eating window. So what I was doing is I was going to the gym, training my balls off, and then I would go to McDonald's because it was so easy to get the food and I'd eat like 50 bucks worth of McDonald's. Hmm. Then I'd go home and have a nap. Then I'd get up and I'd eat like a box of like a pile of fructose, like from dates and shit. Mm-hmm. But then I started to crack through that plateau. And but then I'm getting pretty fat. I'm only five foot like six and a half, right? So I'm fucking fat little bastard at 200 pounds. <laughs> right. But so that's what I did to like really get heavy. And that's exactly what the sumo wrestlers essentially do. Exact same routine. And uh yeah, and Obviously, I got up and then I fasted for 10 days on snake juice and five days dry and lost 35 pounds in two weeks. You into any yeah. Are you into any types of uh, like vitamins or minerals or supplements? I mean, I know you mentioned potassium and sodium. Um, is there any? It sounds like you do a lot of experimenting. Have you experimented with anything so, that had a profound so effect I, that we haven't talked about? Obvi- like, obviously, there's some good minerals out there and stuff and vitamins but like i'm i try to always keep it very minimal because you know once people have lost all the weight like because they don't they they don't need nothing when they're cutting okay you got enough on your body you got enough magnesium in your bones and enough phosphorus in your bones to last you like 300 like 300 days worth of fasting it's crazy how much like i forget the exact numbers on the magnesium but you could fast for like 60 days and still have enough magnesium in your bones you don't even need any and the phosphorus, it's like almost like a year straight. So basically you can't get refeeding syndrome or have any issues when you're fat because sometimes people would bring up like the uh, Holocaust. They'd bring up those fucking Nazi war or death camps. And the reason those people got refeeding syndrome, if you know what refeeding syndrome is, refeeding syndrome is pretty much when you're so fucking skinny and you're just so depleted that, um, your body, when you go to eat, your insulin spikes up, but your intracellular electrolytes, there's nothing there. So what happens is you do have still, your, your body's very smart at keeping the levels per, like good in your bloodstream though. So what'll happen, you'll eat this meal after you've been starved out, you know, in the Nazi Germany camp for fucking however long. 
And then uh, your body will take those electrolytes and push them into the cells. And it happens too quick. And it makes the electrolyte levels drop in your blood and mineral levels drop in your blood and it'll kill you. But that'll only happen with somebody that's like literally where you can like see their fucking ribs, right? But now back to where you're like, if you're taking supplements, I don't promote blowing a bunch of money on supplements rather than just buying like really good, clean food, right? Like I don't take nothing, you know, but you know, there's going to be supplements out there that are obviously going to be decent, like, but you don't take them during the fast. That's food, right? You always, you're always, when you're fast, you fast. And that's what I promote because I help a lot of people too, that like really just, they're poor. Like, you know, a lot of people are just fucking poor. And, and if I can teach them a way to lose the weight that's as cheap and as fast as possible, it's going to be the best. And if they, if you have the money and you get lean, then, you know, if you feel like you want to add in some sort of a high quality supplement, if you've done your research, like even like spirulina is a good example. Like it's not technically a supplement, but it's, it's LJ that's expensive as fuck. And, uh, you know, that'd be something that who's the hell is going to afford to buy that shit, right? Like, yeah, it's got some good stuff in it, but you know, and, and then there's like your fish oil, but I just recommend just go eat fish, you know, protein powders. I don't promote at all. Like just go fucking eat meat. Like that's another, the problem nowadays, these little skinny little, like I'm not, I'm supposed to be here. I'm the weight loss guy, you know, but like I got people coming to me and say, how do I gain weight fasting? So you get the benefits from the fasting at the same time as putting on the weight. And I'm like, well, fucking eat. Like they, they can't eat like, Jesus, that was never my problem is not being able to eat enough food, you know? And like a lot of people will try to, they'll be buying these fucking weight gainers and shit. Like, and they have 20 million pounds of protein powder and they just won't fucking eat enough food. You know, it's just, it's just, it seems like a complete waste to me when you fasting, can get such and fasting will really help you eat. It'll, it'll give you a good, well, strong appetite, right? Well, exactly. And like, that's the other thing. Like it'll, you know, you'll, you create it and, back to that other you said something else there about the habit when you said how you've made this a habit mm -hmm. um i was gonna say something about that because oh when you fast and you start like leading this lifestyle it's uh, it becomes fun like when i used to eat when i back in the day it wasn't fun because now it makes it interesting. It's like, how am I, I'm always thinking about two or three days ahead, how I'm going to train and eat for the workout. And, and because I always have that agenda to, try to basically stay lean. Right. And it makes it fun. We're just eating with no purpose. It's purposeful eating. And I love that aspect of it because it all comes back again to discipline. And yeah, not everybody's going to fucking have the discipline. Well, that's just too fucking bad. They got to like, you know, practice having more discipline. Yeah. But I think that was make that makes it very sustainable when you live that fasting focused lifestyle. Like with you, you get used to eating like those two meals in a six hour window or somebody eating a meal a day or somebody even eating on 48s. I got lots of sedentary women that have lost all the weight that just don't exercise much. And they eat one, they eat one low carb meal every two days and they drink snake juice one of the days and maybe dry fast the second day. You know, there's 20 million configurations, right? Mm -hmm. But I think that's what makes it fun that there's all these configurations and how whatever your goals are, if you're trying to bulk, trying to cut, trying to maintain. And that's the other thing, too. When you one thing with a strongman, you've actually had strongmen in your gym. Like I think Brian Shaw was in there mm -hmm. and stuff. Yep. That's one thing I can't figure out why those guys are still eating on a two hour window like all day long, because it's been proven to the point where if you can keep the eating window tight and they're not eating as much food as those sumo wrestlers are eating. 
And those sumo wrestlers have been doing this for hundreds of years, training fast and eating like pigs after, but those strong men aren't doing that. And I, I feel if they face, maybe they have a fear of, of trying to do this, but they're eating pretty small meals throughout the day. Like I know Brian Shaw probably eat like eight to 10,000 calories, like 8,000 cal meals. You know, if they train fast in the morning or had one meal before the training and packed all that food in after the training, they could actually get more loose on their diet. Because I've actually seen where as soon as you start to fast, like a calorie is not a calorie anymore. It's amazing when you can eat, you eat the same food. I use this example. So I, I don't want to talk you guys ear off too much about this, but here's a good example. Let's say you have a pizza that's your maintenance calories, okay? So let's say your maintenance on a six meal a day routine. So let's say your maintenance is a 3,000 calorie pizza where you eat one slice every two hours on a six meal a day routine. If you take and you're maintaining weight on your six meals with that pizza, if you take that whole pizza and you just bucked it into the morning would be the most aggressive time to eat for losing weight. If you eat that 3,000 calorie pizza in the morning, the whole damn thing, I guarantee you the same exact fucking calories, you will lose weight compared to maintaining weight eating the six meal a day. I've done it. I actually did that exact experiment and I started to cut. As soon as I started to pack the food in the window, I started to lose weight on the same fucking calorie count. So what happened? Obviously, your metabolism had to go up somehow to be burning more when you're fasting. It had to, had to have, right? This makes sense to me. I, I think, you know, if you think about it this way, your body probably took time to digest the food. Your body took time to make sense of everything that just happened from a caloric standpoint, the carbs, the protein, the fat. And then you had you know, however many hours, you know, fasted until the next day when you <laughs> eat another thing of pizza. Um, but I would imagine in that time period, probably burning fat, whereas maybe you are, you know, kind of throwing water on the flame That's every what, time you eat a slice of pizza in between, right? It's because the insulin, right? Because the insulin, you're spiking that insulin with all those meals. And if, as long as your insulin is elevated, you won't burn fat with the shit. Okay, your hormone sensitive lipase is completely deactivated when your insulin's up. So you're not going to burn fat or the shit. So like, just like you say, so when you eat that big pizza in the morning, you spike the shit out of your insulin for maybe a few, uh, maybe, maybe an hour, not even, but it'll drop off. And then it's dropped off for long enough that you actually start to drain your liver glycogen and you get in a state of ketosis where you're burning like crazy amount of body fat. And that is exactly the reason why when people are eating six meals a day on a cut is why they lose fucking way more muscle. Because if you're eating, if you ate, say we're at a deficit and I got a girl that her maintenance is like 2000, let's just say the pizza again. And let's say I put her on a thousand calories. So half of that pizza, if she ate six meals a day with a, with a thousand calories because her insulin spiking six times in that day, she's going to fucking lose muscle like crazy because she's at a deficit. Now, as soon as you pack that food into a tight window, your GH goes up when you fast, your insulin stays low, and you'll actually burn body fat rather than fucking start to cut into muscle. Because if you're at a deficit, right? If you're at a deficit and your insulin's high, meaning you're not going to burn fat with the shit, where do you think your body's going to fucking get the energy from that it needs to make up the difference? It's going to pull it off your fucking muscle. That's exactly, that's exactly why these people have issues unless they're on drugs. Because drugs will, drug guys will hold a lot more muscle during a cut when they're eating six times a day. Yeah. Why do you personally like the eating window uh, more in the morning than the eating window more at night? So 
now that depends on your goal. So I guess in terms of fat burning, to, you know, if you're trying to lose weight and, uh, eating early in the morning, I've always noticed because your metabolism takes a spike right before you wake up. It has to do with your circadian rhythm at night. Your metabolism takes a dive. Okay. And your melatonin goes up at night preparing for you to go to sleep. Your melatonin takes a dive in the morning. So it's almost like when you wake up, you already got kind of a fire burning and then you're throwing the fuel on the fire that's already burning rather than throwing the fuel on a fire that's kind of getting snuffed out. That's why I never, I try to always eat in a wider space than six hours before bed. It's just two seconds guys. But, but the other thing is, um, so obviously if you play with that meal, it's going to depend what you're doing. But now if you're eating a low carb meal, like for example, let's say the sleep's an issue and you're getting really lean, then I will push on my, like tonight, I'll eat that meal at about five o'clock, assuming I'm going to bed at late 11, maybe six o'clock if I go to bed at 12. Because if I ate that meal right now, like on this hard of a deficit, like I'm on a pretty good cut tonight, I won't be able to sleep. I'll just be starving to death. But I'm also, you know, getting lean where I'm probably down like, you know, maybe 8% body fat too, right? But so you, you, you adjust accordingly. So if you got the average fat person, they're doing 48s. I'll be like, eat breakfast, keep the carbs down. You'll get the best result for the weight loss. If you're trying to time the meal on the part of the day where you'll lose the most weight, eating your food in the morning is going to give you the best result. How about, a lo- oh, go ahead. You were, as you've mentioned this, like eating in the morning, you've consistently also mentioned that you have your athletes train in the day, not at night. So what's the reason, like, is it because you want them to eat or train right after they have that meal or what's it about? So, yeah. So, so, okay. So back to what I was saying about the routines, right? Mm. Like sometimes I just got to make something fit somebody's lifestyle. So even the fellow that I was coaching, that was like the top level boxer. Mm -hmm. He's training right in the morning. So he can't just eat that big meal right before he trains, right? So he could have did something maybe like we kind of had Mark doing where he had a small little meal, maybe some oranges and a little bit of meat, and then went and worked out and then ate. But the thing was, he also wanted to eat like with his family. And this is a guy that's doing a stupid amount of cardio. So just it just made sense that the best time for him to eat was going to do – so he would do his training fasted because he's not really doing any weight training. So as soon as you're doing weights, it's a bit different because you got to be a little more explosive where sprinting's one thing, like with the boxing workout. Now, if you're doing sprinting, like running sprints, then it's different. You wouldn't want like fast and you probably won't. I notice it like a slight amount of jam, just a little bit, right? When you have a little bit of carb in your system, it makes a bit of difference. But with that guy, it just worked out really well for him just to eat with his family at five o'clock at night and just basically train fasted right when he woke up. Mm. Now, if somebody's training at night, right? If they're training late at night, then that routine, what's the point of eating in the morning? Like you could basically push that meal right up close to the training, uh, training time. And then just eat that meal, train and go to bed if it's real late, because if you got that, if you got a decent amount of food in your system and then train, uh, I've seen with naturals, it's a myth that you need more protein after you've trained. Like the, the you're eating a good size meal here. Where's what all the protein, uh, all the, amino acids are just out of your system after you ate three hours and then, you know, and then train an hour after you ate a meal. You're, it's still there. Like there's still food in your gut. You can feel your gut. You still got some food in your stomach. So it's like, you still got a meal sitting in your gut. So why would you have to eat this meal right after the training? Unless 
you're eating a tiny meal before the training like most of these bodybuilders are doing they're burning through it in their workout then they do have an empty stomach but if you're eating like i believe we're supposed to eat a full-size meal then it's a little different story right but if you're eating at night you, if you're lean you could eat a small meal before the workout or you could eat your carby meal like earlier in the day like at noon or like at two and then maybe train at five and then right after the workout if you did need more food you just eat some meat and vegetables you know you could play with that right but end of the day optimally don't eat too close to bed like at all because because even your your digestive tract that's when it heals that's when your gh goes up is when you sleep okay and you're very muscle sparing when your gh is up you don't want to pack food right before bed um something that uh, may help some people listening that have that are going to try some of this uh, fasting and they've never done it before. Exercise is actually a great, you know, we're thinking about like suppressants. Like, what do you do to suppress your appetite? Go to the gym, you know, go yeah, go, go work out. Yeah, move exactly. around. Like, maybe it's not the sh- most strenuous workout because maybe you're trying the 72 hour fast you recommended, but get some yeah. movement. Like, that whole process of like driving to the gym and the training. The whole thing, you know, be an hour, two hours, it, it will kill some time. And, and it becomes uh, a habit too, like just right? driving. Like I've had, I've had women that were so scared to go to the gym that I literally just told them to just drive there today. Right. And I had a girl drive there and just sit in her car for 10 minutes. Like she drove there. Just, I still couldn't get her in there. And if I told her, if I just forced her and like whatever I said, you know, whatever, like <laughs> calling her a fat pig, it just wasn't going to work. And I'm like, drive there today. Just drive there. And then the next day we drove there, like just walk in, just walk in and just go into the boot room. Don't even say anything. Just walk in the door. And then once you walked in the door, the next day she actually got a pass and then got it. You know, sometimes you got to baby step it that mm-hmm. much where you just get them to like, it just becomes habit just driving there though. Like you say, when people do mess up, I'd imagine that's probably not a time when you actually yell at them because you're real harsh and you're abrasive, but I would imagine, you know, being a good coach, you have to kind of, you know, yeah, let's it, the damage is already yeah, done, right? I massage it for sure. Like, right. you know, you got to give shit when they deserve it. And then you got to give them like, you know, credit when they've done well. You know, if they if they take some pictures and they lost like, you know, five, 10 pounds in the week, like five pounds, like it's nothing to lose 15 pounds. Like everybody that's cutting hard, it's like fairly fat. If they're not losing 15 pounds in the month, they're being lazy on this. Okay, I'm not talking guys that are trying to lose the last five, 10 pounds, but if somebody's 30 pounds overweight, they should be able to cut 15 pounds like fuck all, mm. even if they're fairly active, if they're p- placing the food properly, right? But yeah, you're right. Like I, I always give like props when it's deserved, but only when it's fucking deserved though. I won't fucking give them a big prop if they lost like two fucking pounds and they're 300 pounds. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll be like, keep going. I'll, I always like, I, I get messed, like even being on here with you guys this long, you know, I'll check my messages after this. It's just outrageous how many messages I get. And I, I coach everyone over voice memo. Like I don't text, right? So I'm always, I use Instagram and Facebook Messenger to just send these voice memos. Because obviously, how am I supposed to motivate people with like, stop eating you fat pig in a text message? <laughs> you know, it's like, it's a fucking joke. You gotta, I gotta verbalize it, right? And that's probably why my voice is shot half the time too. Just, but, but yeah, you can't go too hard sometimes you got to massage it and that just comes with practice like you guys as trainers and such you know how that works you know you got you got to you got to be careful of some people you don't want them to completely quit if they're doing well you know 
How about kids? Because Mark told me that um, I didn't know this, but apparently, like you pay kids five was it five bucks? I think so. I think five bucks. Five yeah. bucks a pound. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So how do you handle like very overweight kids and Good building point. this type of this fasting lifestyle? This is so fucking triggering with some of these moms. So obese kids. I've had I had one lady that I was helping had three kids and they they're extremely fat. The one little girl fasted for seven days on snake juice and like felt like a million bucks. Mm. And she was like, she was 11. Right. And I had one kid that was nine, lose a ton of weight. And he was just, as he did the odd 48 with his mom on the weekends. And then during the week, because the school system will fucking take your kid away if they find out they're doing this. But like the mom would like, I'm kind of a cartoon character on the, on YouTube too. So I got a lot of kids that like love me. Right. Like they're messaging me on Instagram and shit. Some of these young kids. And if they're too young, I'll be like, I got I, their parent has to get a hold of me. Right. I gotta hear their parents voice, but you know, a meal a day, if they're fat and like, if they're a lean kid and you want them to fast, just, you know, you got just like how I was raised, basically essentially a six to eight hour eating window. You know, you'll, you'll, they might eat breakfast at eight, last meals at four, eight hours. That's exactly what we were when I got off the bus. The food was there right when I got off the bus at four. And I usually, a lot of times I didn't even eat breakfast. A lot of times I'd get to school and I'd probably eat my, I'd probably eat a pretty big snack at about 10 a.m. when I used to go to school. Mm. So I was already fasting naturally, but we didn't have all this junk. Like we did have a, dis- a, a dispensing machine, but it wasn't like these kids now where the fucking schools are getting basically these garbage food companies to cater all the fucking food. Like it's ridiculous. And then these parents don't want their kids eating that shit. Like see the parents got to stand up and grow some goddamn balls. And that's, that's what I'm starting to run into. But yeah, the kids can fast. It's fine. A lean kid, open up the window, let them eat. If they got skin issues and shit, cut the carbs. You know, if the kid's really fat, obviously you don't want to get busted at school. A lot of times the kids are very motivated. Cause you got to remember this fat kid's already getting bullied to be fucked at school anyway. And all the other negative things that come along with being a fat kid. And a lot of times they'll be really amped up. It's something they can do very easily. And they'll eat. I tell the parents, give the kid, you know, meat and vegetables, like just that regular low-carb low meal. And they take that one meal to school. And then they'll use a lot of times the fat kids will just have that one meal a day at school. And uh, on the days off, they'll fast harder with their mom or whatever. Maybe even bust through a 72-hour fast. It's fine. Fucking beat crazy amounts of health issues, skin problems, big time, acne. Like I have a lot of girls getting a hold of me that are like 14, 15 years old that have really bad acne and they're even fit and they train. But as soon as you buck that food into that tight eating window and cut the sugar down, the face just clears right up, you know? So yeah, it's not an issue, but it's an issue with the system because like you, these parents got to kind of sneak around, which is a bunch of bullshit because you can't even raise your own kid because your kid doesn't even know you're making them fast like whatever happened to fucking wait till dinner seriously like when i was a kid it's like wait till fucking dinner like yeah. I, we never snacked anyway yeah i wasn't allowed her. in the kitchen you got to get out of the kitchen yeah. my mom would like it, yeah even, bust my even, ass. If it was three, <laughs> <laughs> even if it was three squares in a in a eight hour window it was like three meals with no snacks right Right. So your insulin does have a chance to drop off. It's when you're fucking snacking and drinking your fucking super triple fucking gumungus big gulp slurpee <laughs> for fucking five hours. So I think like, this brings up. Yeah. Yeah. They're huge. I think this brings up a really good point. So parents that are having a hard time with their kid with certain foods, you could potentially still eat some of those certain foods. Like if the kid, 
if a kid likes snacks, like for example, a kid likes cookies, you want your kid to just kind of be a kid. And especially if they're not heavy, if they yeah. appear like they have any, you know, issues, then maybe you could have, you know, you're, you're trying to cut down the overall amount of meals that they're eating, but if they still want yeah. the cookies or they want a bag of chips or something after dinner, then it's not a problem, right? If they're kind of following what you're Probably saying. Probably one of the best ways to control the kid without the kid even knowing is probably try to pull breakfast and try to like only let him eat that dinner like you know as early as you can get him to eat it after they get home from school and that'd be about the best way the kid wouldn't even know you right. know but like now that being said like say if the kid's actually part of it and the kid knows what they're doing i would give the kid a big breakfast and then have the kid essentially eat like this chicken shit dinner with like basically no carbs at all you know what's really funny before i knew anything about this shit i was going to school and i think i was like 22 and i was trying to cut some weight and i, I knew nothing but some people just overthink shit all i was doing as i was eating a huge breakfast was just like tuna and 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 like macaroni like i was eating like a poor ass student right and a bunch of cheese and then I would eat the same thing at lunch. And then right when I got home, I would train. And then right when I got home, I'd literally eat like sauerkraut and like some pickles. So I was essentially on probably about an eight hour window with no carbs at night. And I was lean, I was ripped. You know, people just, that's like, fuck, that's, it's not rocket science. I figured this shit out on my own. I just, you, you feel it. I just ate big in the morning and ate crazy light at the very end of the day. And I just, that last meal was probably about four o'clock, you know, and my first meal was probably exactly at about eight or nine in the morning. And I was ripped and I didn't even know about fasting or nothing. I just, I just pulled the food. When, when we were talking about kids, I'm curious about this. Cause you probably, there's probably a lot of listeners like, Oh, what if this affects the way that kids look at food and you know, blah, blah, blah. You probably get that a lot too. How do you respond to that where it doesn't cause long-term dysfunction with the way that kids look at their weight and food and all that crap? Yeah. So the, the shitty part is a lot of that stuff comes from media again, yeah. right? Which is the biggest issue. Like some of the young girls that come to me, I've had young girls come to me that were like, yeah, for help. They were like, fuck, 16 years old. And it, it, it was Instagram. Because these fucking pictures are so fucking faked and scrubbed out. Mm -hmm. Like literally the girl that came to me has a better body than the girl that she's following on Instagram. And the Instagrammer looks like a fucking princess on Instagram. You see her in real life. She's a badass. Like that, you can blame it on that. Like, <laughs> like that's one of the worst things for the women is Instagram. Instagram, Instagram, Instagram. Oh, I want my ass to look like this. Like all those top Instagram girls are fucking scrubbed. Those fucking pictures are completely like, you know, they'll blow up their ass with their stupid app. Like you can even just have apps to fucking use to do the trickery now. So that's one. So what I try to do is beat the problem, which is that, you know, I tell them to stop looking at these fucking people that they don't know. If you are going to compare yourself to anybody, take your own pictures. Number one rule is compare yourself to your previous pictures is going to be the best. But second rule, if you're going to compare yourself to anybody, compare yourself to real people, at least that you see at the gym, you know, don't compare yourself to fucking non, non-reality. Like that's one of the big, even me, fuck. Like I, I'm like, when I'm at the gym, like I'm a natural small, like I'm only five, six and clean, 
And when I go to the swim pool and shit, like I'm the leanest fucking guy in the, in the whole place. And then I still got people that follow me. It's like, Oh, you don't look very lean. Cole. You don't look like this asshole on fucking Instagram or like, but the thing it's like, I'm like, do you know that person on Instagram? You know, they don't even, they're, they're comparing a real, like, that's why all the pictures I get people to take are so raw as well. Like I don't let women take like those sexy ass angled pictures and shit. It's always the basic front side back pictures. So they're not flattering. So my, that's another reason why I think people are attracted to my results because my results, every result, the faces in the photo, like the person's face is there. There's no hiding and the pictures are raw and there's none of this fucking bullshit with these angles. And so it, it's very real, you know? And so I try to beat those actual problems. And with the kids, that's where it starts. You know, it starts with them being on their stupid iPad and shit. So obviously one big thing that I tell parents to get their fucking kids off the fucking cell phone. Like, what's your kid, the fucking president of the United States? <laughs> what do they need their own fucking cell? Like, I never had no phone. And like, what if they What if they need to call me? Well, I didn't need to call anybody when I was a kid. You know, I fucking, you find your way. Like, <laughs> like it's not like you're gonna, it's that true. phone ain't gonna do shit. Like, if they get kidnapped, that phone ain't gonna do shit. Maybe, like, the kidnapper's gonna throw the phone out the fucking window so they can't track you. You know what I mean? Like, it's just this basic fearful bullshit your kid doesn't need a fucking phone you're basically your kids getting completely brainwashed from ads at a young age they love to advertise the kids the number one rule is your parent your kid shouldn't have a fucking phone and then your little girl can't get her little fucking ass at 14 years old on fucking instagram already getting attention from men and lying about her fucking age and then like even when i was a kid there was the landline if somebody phoned me that was not sneaky, you know, if somebody phoned my sister and it was a guy that wanted to take her on a date, she literally had to phone her fucking house and then come to the house and meet my dad and pick her up. It wasn't like this little interaction that happened, you know, over a little a cell phone and then the girl sneaks out and meets the fucking guy and the parents have no clue what the fuck's going on. Okay, you can't screen out these people anymore. And that's the issue. Fucking cut the fucking electronics right away and your kid will have so much more confidence. And then obviously, if you're a parent that's with your kid, spending lots of time with your kid, quality time, you know, have your kid maybe in the jujitsu and stuff. It's just going to make your kid tough. Mm. And your kid's not going to develop these kinds of problems because you're a really good role model. That's the best advice I could give is just being a, a, an awesome role model and having your kid around other really good role models. And then by that nature, the kid won't fucking have like body dysmorphia and shit. Guess what? The girls that come to me, that always have the fucking, all the girls that come to me that are a vegan or have bulimia or anorexia, almost 100% of the time, they have no fucking dad. I ask them now. Their dad is gone. There's, there's no dad. Anorexia, bulimia, veganism, no fucking dad. And they're, they're weak. They're very weak girls. And they have no fucking confidence. And that is par for the course every fucking time. Like even some of these girls that to get them back on meat was tough because, you know, they, they're just wimps, you know, they they didn't have that father figure there. And that's what it is. There's no fucking dad. Like I, I so, said it on videos before America needs a fucking dad. And that's why these kids are so weak. And the, and the boys are like these little soy boys, you know, like, fuck, like <laughs> you know, they, because they don't, there's, they have like their fucking hair, like Justin Bieber. And they're like, it's a fucking hundred pounds soaking wet. Or they're fucking 400 pounds, one or the other, right? It's terrible. Like these kids, the obesity epidemic with the children's fucking 
it's painful to see. What you, you know? got, Andrew? Uh, yeah, what's I, that? Sorry. No, okay. he was asking me because I haven't been chiming in. I'm just back here taking notes and stuff. Um, we've yeah. ha- we've had you know tons of people on the podcast, you know, like high level nutritionists and whatnot. Um, you're saying some things that we haven't heard before, and it's it's all awesome, by the way. But like, where did all this knowledge come from? Is it just like self experimenting or like you know helping others and then figuring out what works here or there? That's a good question. So always. <laughs> Me always trying to do something hard is where it starts. So my personality, so like, let's just say example, the dry fasting. So one thing led to another with like just fasting on the salt water, then reading about cancer and shit. And then the dry fasting came along and then just, you know, just having balls. And then I did my first dry fast. Now, what I did before I did my first dry fast that was long, I looked for a couple people that had done one. Right. I didn't go look at studies or anything. I just needed to see if they lived through it. And then I did it. And then when I do the experiment afterwards, you get your results. And then, then I'll read about my results. So I'm always about experimenting first and then learning the science second after I've seen the result. Because what that does is it makes you not entertain bullshit. <laughs> For example, I know that dry fasting is extremely healthy. So be, from experience. So obviously, if I see a study that says how it's not healthy, I'm not even going to waste my time entertaining that bullshit when I've done a million dry fasts and I've always had a good outcome. And with all the people I've coached, so also people I've coached, I've learned stuff even from coaching them. Because i got some pretty tough people. They'll do some pretty hardcore shit, right? So it's always experiment first. So you got to have a set of balls first and then experiment, and then once I get my result, then I find the science that matches my result because I, I'm not going to read – there's so much bullshit science out there. 97% of the shit you read is bullshit just because someone took a tiny little sample and got some dumb result. That's why the fitness industry is so fucked up on what builds muscle now. It's ridiculous. Whatever happened, just go fucking train. You know? <laughs> you know? So, yeah, but that's how I've learned all this stuff is – it's self-experimentation, then read about the science as well, and then obviously helping others and seeing what happens with them. I've learned a lot from coaching other people, obviously, because I haven't had cancer. I haven't had type 1 diabetes. But because I started coaching, but that's where I had to have a set of balls to take on a type 1 diabetic. Nobody will fast a type 1 diabetic. That's insane. Fucking people are like, fuck, you're going to die and shit. No one will take that on. But I will because I know they need the help. And also, again, because I don't charge. Obviously, there's always a risk, you know, but I'm brave to take that person on. Just like taking on a 500 or 600 pound obese person in the gym. Most people won't take that person on. They'll think they might have a heart attack right in front of them. Mm. They won't take them on. I'll take on anybody, right? You know, I've had people on kidney dialysis, like real bad shape, like crazy people with you like you to you got to see the people that are really out there that are hiding like most of the fattest people on the planet are in their house you don't even see them with the worst sicknesses right but yeah that's how i learn i just keep taking action always action 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 and i i you know and i always do the opposite of the fucking mainstream so whatever all the sheep are doing i'll do the opposite and see what happens so even like the saunas and like the dry fasting and like the cold exposure therapy, 
like the ceremonial genesis. I learned that from like even old Mike Phelps. You know how they talk about how he ate like a crazy amount of calories? Yeah. Well, there's a reason for it because he's in fucking water all day and it's sucking energy out of him like crazy. So then I'm like, geez, how could I apply that to weight loss? You know, and then I started doing crazy ass showers, like, you know, real hardcore shit in ice baths. Like I would literally sit in a bathtub at about 15 degrees Celsius for an hour and I had to wear a mouth guard because my teeth were chattering so hard. I was scared I'd fucking chip the shit out of my teeth. And like, you want to see, you'll burn so many calories. I did the math on the calories. Like I actually took the bathtub water and the volume and figured out how many calories, like per degree Celsius, it would take to increase that much volume, right? How much energy it take combined with, they say that shivering for 15 minutes, you'll burn about three to 400 calories. If you just are shaking for 15 minutes. Mm. So I added it all up and like, not even joking you an hour in a cold bath. When you get shaking like that, you'll burn a thousand calories. And you know what? It feels like it. It feels like you just ran six miles, which is probably about a thousand calorie run. You know, it feels like you literally. So that's why I know it's like, Jesus makes sense. And the energy goes right into the water. And I, I logged everything. I had the fucking, you know, I had the thermometer and I, I log it all. Like I, I really just take things very methodically. It probably just comes back to growing up like a farm boy and, you know, just be, you know, mechanicking on shit and always watching for details with mechanics and, you know, like all that stuff. I just really look at the nitty gritty about things and I try to learn and keep doing the experiments. And then that's how I learn all this shit. What does your family think of this stuff? Do you have, do you have a wife and kids? No, I don't. But you got it. But uh, my dad, he was probably fucking fuck. When I first started doing this shit, fuck. He probably was one of the biggest issues. <laughs> you know, it's just your dad. Right. And then Sure as shit when I got this, because I wanted him to fast because he's dealing with some health issues. And there's no fucking way because I'm his son. He ain't going to listen to a fucking word I fucking say. <laughs> but sure as shit, once I had like 300,000 people following me, then he's like, geez, there might be some truth to this shit. And I actually got him fasting, which was insane. My sister Great. was fasting quite a bit before him, and she lost a bunch of weight and did really well. But yeah, so <laughs> that's, yeah, like once you... You know, you just, you know how that old saying works, what they, they hate you at the start and then they start, you start to change their mind. And the next thing you know, they love you kind of thing. Like that's mm -hmm. what it's all about. Right. What about like Christmas, Thanksgiving? Like, you know, you're just sitting there with the family enjoying some Turkey or you just not no, I'll, I'll participating. Eat that meal at <laughs> but one thing I won't do is I won't like, I'll usually prep for that meal because I know that's going to be a good size meal. So usually what I'll do is I'll fast an extra day before I go into that meal. Right. Or something like that. But I'll, I'll watch it. Like I'll eat just the one meal in the day and I'll, I'll like the one, two years ago, you know, my auntie had this cheesecake and shit and I had a couple pieces. I hadn't ate fucking any sugar for like, like, you know, I had the regular healthy starches and shit, but I had a fucking couple, like, fuck i had heartburn the next day from that fucking sugar and it's crazy when you start eating that clean and you're fasting you can really feel how bad that that bad food hits you right but that's what i do on holiday if there's any holiday like that but that's one thing i do tell people though is i tell them like i don't give a like it's always somebody's birthday or somebody's fucking wedding mm -hmm. and if you're 500 pounds i don't need you eating at every tom dick and harry's okay special occasion <laughs> you get to eat you get to eat every time you lose a fucking hundred pounds. That's your fucking special occasion. Your, your hundred pound eating your meal you get, you know, at a hundred pound weight loss. You know what I mean? Like 
it's people got to get out of that shit. And that's that social pressure. Yeah. You know, just like when you're saying going out for drinks with your friends and shit, you know, I used to still go out and just drink a sparkling water, but after a while, I just didn't want to be around the drunks. That's what actually ends up happening. I think mm-hmm. he asked that way back and started this. And, you know, I would go out and I'd have my sparkling water and you're sitting around, but people start to turn into pumpkins about midnight from all the fucking booze. <laughs> so then you just don't want to be in that atmosphere at all. And I, at that now, now I don't even, I'm just not around it at all. Where can people uh, follow along? Where can people find you? Okay. Uh, my Instagram is snake underscore diet underscore wizard. And make sure you type in the whole thing because I'm fucking shadow banned. Fuck. Yeah. I'm I get, So I'm shadow banned on there. So if you don't type in the whole thing, I won't come up. It's because of the fat snake. shaming, right? Fat shaming. Oh, 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 the whole fucking thing. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, snake underscore diet underscore wizard. And then YouTube is just snake diet. And uh, Snake Diet on Facebook. You can see a pile of transformations there as well. And you can share those ones. Check out the guy with the foot. That was pretty crazy. And then I got some crazy weight loss ones in there. And then I'm Cole Robinson on Facebook. So if you need any help or any, like basically I coach people for free still over voice memo. I can't take on everybody. So I look for, like I'm, just to say to everybody watching this, I want fucking 500 pounders now. I want people that are 500 plus pounds or people that are like elite athletes that have a purpose with athletics. But mainly my, my vision or my net goal right now is the fattest motherfuckers I can find. The fattest guy I know is uh, Brian Shaw. (laughs) Yeah. That's That's the fattest guy I know. (laughs) (laughs) But because I, I kind of was getting away from my purpose a little bit, helping everybody with like health issues and shit. But end of the day, the beauty about helping the morbidly obese is let's say when we're talking about cancer and all these other things that fasting could help when you help the fat people, everybody tries it. Mm -hmm. I attack this. I'm one of the only people that attacked fasting originally from, for, from a weight loss angle. And because you attack it from a weight loss angle, people go fucking nuts over weight loss. And then, so what happens, I end up killing 10 birds with one stone because they're fat. Plus they have all these other health issues that, that just get negated as soon as they start to lose the weight. Awesome, and that's man. why. So the fat people, they have 500 pound plus. I want those fat asses. I want them. <laughs> hey, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. And, uh, hope to hear from you soon, buddy. Well, thank you very much, guys. We'll talk to you next time. Yeah. Cool stuff, man. That was yeah. awesome. Oh, man. He's funny. He just like kind of has a natural, like funny, like way. Like he's, he's abrasive. So sometimes it might be hard for some people to get past that, but he's just kind of funny. Yeah, no, he's, uh, he's awesome. Uh, and oh, shoot, I think Chris Bell and I were talking about this once. Like everybody, uh, so many people within the fitness community are like, and there's nothing really that special about fasting. It's, it's, it's not magic, but like there are a lot of health benefits that come up along with just not eating all the time, not yeah. eating all day long. And you, you notice it, you notice the difference in the way you feel your habits, et cetera. It actually does make a difference. There's something to yeah. it. What, what I would say is like, I guess, you know, what are we considering to be like magical, you know, like are we looking for somebody to like float or disappear or something? Right. But 
uh, ha- making like a large amount of body weight disappear and mm-hmm. changing people's lives. I think it is magical. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I posted on my Instagram yesterday. I said, this is in, there's a magical diet. And I just talked about the carnivore diet a little bit, mm-hmm. but it's not just a carnivore diet. I didn't want to get into like writing too much stuff, but it, I basically just kept it simple about eating kind of like beaten eggs. You eat steak and eggs and you, and you implement some fasting. Yeah. You're heading down the right path in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do think there is some like magic to it based on the fact that it goes against a lot of what we already know. There's a lot of weird stuff going on with yeah. these diets that are just all a little bit different than what we currently know. He said that he doesn't believe, and this is you know a guy who's got a lot of experience, he doesn't believe a calorie is, is no longer a calorie when it comes to fasting. Well, I believe the same thing when it comes to protein. We already know that it's true with fiber. You know, we're already kind of like, no, that some of this is true. And then a ketone, it's my understanding. And I could, I'm, you know, I don't, I'm not a nutritionist. so I don't know all the science and stuff, but a ketone is supposed to be a fractionated fat. And it's supposed to have seven calories per, per uh, unit rather than nine, like fat does. So mm-hmm. even just a simple act of your body turning fat into ketones, it may get rid of some calories for you that otherwise would be in the equation and when I was just I was just doing some simple math the other day, just kind of looking at some of this and just thinking, man, what if so much of this calorie stuff is just like off? Like, okay, I'll, I'll be accepting of the fact that there's calories, <laughs> and I'll say th- this matters, right? Which I don't even think it does matter that much, but I'll play the game. And if we're gonna play the game, and someone's on a two thousand calorie diet and they have approximately two hundred grams of protein, because maybe mm-hmm. this person weighs two hundred pounds. That wouldn't be uncommon to be on a diet like that. If they have 200 calories coming from protein, nearly, uh, what is it, 800 calories, right? It would mm-hmm. be 800. Eight, 800 calories. I would almost minus out those calories. And that is that is how people are getting on a uh, carnivorous-style diet and getting on a 2,000-calorie diet, which may otherwise be uh, maintenance or slightly above what that particular person may need. Mm-hmm. And that's how they're going, man, calories don't matter because I'm in this surplus or I'm on maintenance. And it's like, well, you're probably not really on maintenance and you're probably not actually really in a surplus. It's probably just the fact that you're eating protein and protein doesn't have, we don't really use protein as energy. It's very uncommon for our body to use protein as energy. Yeah. And as Ron Penna has pointed out to us, if protein was to have any, uh, caloric load to it it would be just one calorie in his opinion and he's 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 around some like crazy researchers so i I agree with that statement yeah when he said that and this is something i noticed anecdotally in the like when i first started fasting i never talked about it just because it's uh it's very just like it doesn't make sense i ate you know in that restricted window but i ate a lot of calories and i was just dropping body fat dropping weight and i was eating the same amount of food that i was typically eating throughout the day i was just like what the hell's going on fuck it stick <laughs> stick with it it just kept happening so like i noticed that too but it's just it's something you can't again it's something you can't necessarily really explain because if we're going by you know what we know about how much for protein carbs and fats are it's kind of counter to that, you yeah. know? You can't really explain it well. It's just, it's working really well. It's magical. <laughs> it's magical. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, just the food that you select, I think it's it's yeah. very obvious that it, that it does matter. And uh, I never thought that the timing of it would matter so much, but it actually mm-hmm. just, again, it makes a lot of sense. If I'm going to keep, you know, kind of uh, – 
you know, like if you have like a fire and you, uh, you know, throw something over top of it, you take away the oxygen, the fire goes out, you mm-hmm. know, you kind of think about like maybe your body is like that. And maybe when uh, you're kind of cleared of food, maybe the flame is burning pretty good and your body's, you know, like, hey, like we need some energy because we don't know what you're doing, man. It doesn't look like you're eating to us. Yeah. And if you continue to eat, maybe you're kind of dampening or maybe you're kind of, you know, putting out that flame. I don't know exactly how it works, but that's just how I'd imagine it works. And if you were to, if you were to eat throughout the entire day, I would imagine that your body is kind of, it's just kind of always working on that food all mm-hmm. the time. And there's got to be a benefit to your body having like a little bit of a break from it, your body yeah. having some rest from it. And so maybe your body having 10 hours away from it, 12 hours away from it, 16, 18 hours, maybe it's a good idea. You know, there's uh, the book I was, I think he, he probably may have read it too. It's called The Circadian Code. He was talking about like a lot about circadian rhythms rhythms and uh Sachin Panda he's the author of that book he's talking a lot about that like mm. like when you're eating and your body's taking time to digest all this food it's continuously working on that well that's why he also in that book he also is in favor of um eating and working out more so in the morning and having those meals rather than having them late at night mm. so that your body's not working on digesting food as you're sleeping it'd be great to have him on here but um it all falls in line with that and uh yeah it's just it's really damn cool I wonder what the research would show if you were just to try to figure out like when people eat most of their food. I would imagine it'd be at night. Just I mean, like a survey type deal? Yeah, just like just in general like uh let, let's say the average American is, says say has uh 2500 calories a day or 2000 calories a day, whatever the net number is. What what larger where's the percentage of that come from? The largest percentage is it at lunch? Is it at dinner? I would think it's more towards the evening. Just uh, just a total guess. Yeah, and I I would guess the same. And it's like, man, that, that is really a tough lifestyle change. But uh, what if you tried to fast? That's my phone. <laughs> what if you tried to? Uh, I'm I'm on dad call, so I'll have to oh. check. I'll have to check in a second. Okay. But uh, you know, what if um you know, what if you could cut out some of those calories later at night because you have bad habits? Like once you eat dinner, then you want to eat again, Mm -hmm. or you find yourself, you know, just doing a lot of stuff that maybe is unnecessary. So if you could cut back or cut down on some of that food when you get home and you just want to clear out the whole house, you know, I don't know how you do it sometimes. You know, if you have a family, um, it could be more difficult, but maybe there's days where the whole family's not together and maybe you just try to take advantage of that and say, my last meal is going to be at work and you know, everyone's not together all the time anyway in most households. So maybe you can find a way to uh, change it up or just try to build better habits for the whole family. Right. Yeah. Right. He said a lot of great stuff. I hope people didn't miss the fact that he sounds like he's actually a very kind person. He is. I mean, he said a lot, he said a lot of stuff where, you know, we're all kind of like this, you know, a little bit because today's day and age, people are sensitive and yeah. he's throwing around a lot of slang and he's throwing around a lot of uh, just really abrasive stuff. But he's not I don't think he's trying to hurt anybody. Yeah. I think he's trying to get attention so he can actually help more people, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. Don't purely pay attention to his words. Pay attention to the message he's putting forward. And then I feel like people probably really just need to go to his page and maybe just read a lot what a lot of some of the overweight people that he's helped say about him because he's helped a ridiculous amount of severely overweight individuals. And if they're continuously like just like if they're doing much better, they're keeping the weight off. They're not gaining the weight back. That's one thing. Mostly people uh, gain it back. Um, but just to hear what they have to say about it, you know, then you, you might get a, you might think differently. Mm-hmm. What, what's up, Andrew? 
No, I just I was curious about your your phone. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh oh. No, it's not. It's not one of the kids. So I'm good. All, All right, right there you go. It's uh, Hayden and Bo. Oh, <laughs> you like that? Huh? <laughs> yeah, we were texting each other, and he he meant to write like Hayden and Steph or 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 Hayden and Cohen or whatever, and then he wrote uh, Hayden, Hayden and Bo. <laughs> when are Hayden and Bo coming? Yeah, and then so we all of course made fun of him for the next hour. Yeah, because that's as, as you should. Yeah. Any training going on today, Andrew? Um, I didn't make it in this morning. Um, I don't know, man. I'm a little bit unbalanced right now. Mm. I don't know what I'm what... off kilter. That's yeah. okay. It's yeah. okay to be off kilter. Yeah. So uh, I'm coming in tomorrow morning if you want to do that. I absolutely will. Early I would love to. Training session. Yeah. So I've been considering going all carnivore. Uh, I definitely want to start intermittent fasting again, but like just something's off right now. I don't know what's going mm. on. Yeah. Okay. Like I look at food a little differently right now. Like the carbs are calling me more than they <laughs> normally would be. Yeah, yeah. It could be because, like, you know, after the whole Sarmageddon thing, my insulin Mm -hmm. spike was, like, through the roof. So I think maybe that's still fucking with me. But, um, yeah, training yesterday was cool. Did a shit ton of deadlifts like you told me to. Felt way better after that. Like, instantly felt better. Yeah, and then uh, today I just didn't – I just woke up and I'm like, eh, it's not in me today. So Mm -hmm. tomorrow I'll pick it back up. Hopefully, maybe this afternoon. We'll see. I know we got a lot of stuff going on today, but should be fun. Yeah, fasting – Fasting is awesome. I, I would just, mm-hmm. maybe for you, I'd just use fasting on, you know, you don't need to do it every day, I don't think. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you can get it a couple times a week, I think it would be beneficial. I'll help you out with a couple things that I think would work pretty good. What about you? You got some jujitsu? What you got today? You got anything? Yeah, tonight, jujitsu. Kind of going to try and train this afternoon in terms of lifting. Yeah. Sweet. All right. That's all the time we got. Strength is never a weakness. Oh, almost forgot. We got oh, these uh, Ed yes. Cone shirts. Coming out over here. Oh my mm, God. These are nice. Here, hold this one up in SEMA. Gotcha. What does that say on there? I think it I says say what I think it spread says. or, oh no, open up your taint. Yeah, spread would be derogatory. That's no, disgusting. Spread would be derogatory. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to tell you about Manscaped later anyway. And then just a classic uh, cone shirt just of, yeah. his, uh, of his mug from back in the day. There you go. You got two different style shirts. They're available right now. Right, Andrew? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I can try to get this episode out today. Um, so they're available right now, markbellslingshot.com. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know exactly how many we have. So if you do want to get a yeah, limited edition, yeah, if you want to get a, get your uh, your shirts, you got to hurry up because these things this. will sell out quick. Then also this. we have flat uh, international, uh, flat rate international shipping, fifteen bucks, and uh, for U.S. and Canada, it's. Five bucks and any orders over a hundred for domestic shipping, uh, your shipping is free. Yeah. That's at markbellslingshot.com. Check you guys later. Thank you so much. Strength is never weak. This week there's never strength.